Hello and welcome to another episode of Night of the Lists, the horror podcast where two fans break down, discuss, and rank your favorite cinematic nightmares. I'm your host, Salem Monsoon, joined as always by my co-host, Vincent Kane. Howdy, howdy. Before we get into the episode, which is all about the biggest letdowns or biggest disappointments, either or, tomato, tomato, two things up front. One, we've we've been listening to you. You guys have been complaining about a couple of things, mostly the sound quality of my mic. We fixed it, you fuckers. We fixed it. Two, the heavy breathing. I sound like Tony Soprano. I know. I'm not going to die anytime soon, I assure you. And three, yes, the episodes are too fucking long. We hear you. We hear you. Two factors factor into this one. Sailor tends to ramble. The more yeah, why, why are all three of these directly pointed at Sailor? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, uh, the more I drink, the more I tend to ramble. Sometimes I, t- I, c- I take Kane by the hand like so much child through the woods and I fling him through the trees and sometimes those trees are filled with magic and wonder and they have a point and sometimes they don't and he ends up dead impaled on a fucking uh, branch i was like what is the wooden spiky thing on a tree branch the branch as you can tell already i'm hitting the sauce so yes i'm going to try my best to stop rambling as much as i do i make no promises but what we are going to promise and what we are going to do from now on is cut our lists from 10 apiece to five apiece. I know some of you are outraged, incensed by this, and others do not care because they are unwieldy. They are too long. But for you listeners, it's a gift because one, like I said, the episode is going to be shorter. And two, it's going to be... We're going to have more opportunities to have part twos, part threes, like our vampire list that we just did. Since we picked 20 movies a piece, we easily could have did two or three episodes. But now, since we blew so many episode, movies in that, we probably can only do one more after that. Because after that, we're going to start bleeding over, crossing over, getting, you know, and that's something we don't want to do. So if we have five, it really cuts down the opportunity of bleed over, which we don't really want. We want to talk about new movies, fresh movies. And on this episode, we want to talk about disappointing movies. Right. And we're going to, we're going to keep the same. We're still going to go 10 to one. Uh, that way we'll oh, still yeah, kind of keep that. Yeah. We'll yeah. keep that format. And also, and on some of the bigger ones, we may, we may go back up to the 10 and 10. There, there may be some of that on some of our, um, you know, our big uh, shows or whatnot, you know, kind of keep it loosey goosey, but uh Yeah. I think this will be a good change uh, as a whole talk, you know, coming up with 10 movies sometimes is tough <laughs> and talking about 10 movies are, is tough on a whole or 20 movies total t- technically. And especially since I don't know half a sailor's picks, this will, this will cut down on that as well. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I was so excited and eager to have that beautiful segue into the episode proper that I forgot to mention some things. Yes, absolutely. We are going to, Keep the 10 structure, which means that Kane and I are going to ping pong back and forth. So if he starts, it's going to be 10. Then I'm going to go 9, 8, so on and so forth. You guys aren't stupid. You guys can figure it out. And uh, probably January. I mean, should we announce that? Well, we have a, a big idea 
in the works around January time where we want to do a big list and that's going to be broken up into sections because it's such a big list and that's definitely going to be a top 10 because if it was a top five it would take like four months I'm not even joking it's a it's a long list y'all yeah so yeah it'd be a top 10 so yeah but we'll we'll, we're still working out the details so a little this is just a little uh teaser little nugget teaser for you guys on to the episode but before again another before we have a couple of honorable mentions and not even honorable mentions these are the absolute number ones on these lists but since we've mentioned them before (laughs) we have to get them out of the way right if we're talking about biggest disappointments we're talking about biggest letdowns for me personally it's it chapter two Correct. I mentioned it previously on the worst sequels. Spoiler alert for that one. If yeah, we both listening did. to. If you're listening to episodes out of order, you're a madman. You're crazy. You're jumping. Up, you're wild. You're, mad, you're crazy. I can't even deal with you right now. So n- no spoiler for you. If you want to just jump out of order, it's just, you're an insane person. But for worst sequels, yes, it chapter two. I have. It's when we're talking about movies where we're anticipating something it's very rare because horror i'm usually not anticipating it like if i want to see a movie i just you know like it's because of either it looks cool or creepy mostly because of the director or actor or whoever attached that'll usually get like jordan peele it doesn't matter what the fuck he's making next i'm going to see it Am I necessarily super anticipating that? Yeah, I guess, but it's not the same level as like a superhero movie, a Marvel movie. Like there's never been a horror movie that I've anticipated as much as like Dark Knight or something. So it's very rare, but It Chapter 2 is one of those that I was super excited for because I loved the first one so much. And I really thought that he was going to fucking just slam it out of the park. I thought he was going to kill it. Because he had all the elements, and he was going to wrap up the story, and he ended up shitting in my cereal. We talked about this, uh, like I said, if you go back to the worst sequels, we don't have a lot of, in horror, we don't have a lot of event type of mm. movies, or especially in theaters. Like, we don't have end games or Lord of the Rings, whatever, you you know, like where it's like you're looking forward to it a year out in advance or the mo- the moment the first one ends you know there's going to be a part two like this was one of those like you know it's going to get there and we don't have a lot of those and so like i said I'm, I'm right there we both had it on our list at different points on the list but we both equally hated it uh, and i think we both had it really high on that list but we both equally hated it just because of i i didn't love part one as much as sailor or most people but i enjoyed it enough to where i thought part two was just going to be on another level we were going to get rid of the jokes the jokey jokes we were going to get uh, and get into some real serious adult type of situations uh and scenarios and that kind of stuff and it just completely completely just big one of the biggest flubs to me uh, of all times and it was just a a massive like that it was one of those that you when you're watching you were so excited to go into it and maybe it's that maybe that's our fault but you were so excited to go into it i don't think it's our fault the director showed that he could fucking make a good it movie yeah like if the first one was I, I we're on different levels of appreciation for the first one. I really truly love it. It's one of the movies that reminds me of being a kid and watching Gremlins or what. Because I look at it as the best horror movie made for kids now. 
because we don't really have those. Back in the day, horror movies could be made for, you know, gremlins or whatnot. We don't have that anymore. And I look at it as one of those great gateway horrors. And I do think it has some great jump scares. I think Skarsgård is amazing as Pennywise. I, I, I like the kids a lot. So I think that he proved he can make a great fucking It movie. And I was like, Bill Hader, James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain. This is a fantastic, this is that a murderer's cast is ridiculous. Row. The cast is insane. And two, uh, two out of the eight or whatever, two out of the six are amazing. James Ransom and Bill Hader are legitimately good and deserve a better movie because their their performances are on point. McAvoy and Chastain aren't terrible in it, but they've done better work. They're kind of, I don't want to say slumming, but you know, it's whatever. They're, they've done better work. It's like they knew it was shit. <laughs> They're like, Honestly. we're not going to give you a hundred. We're going to give you, but that's, that's the level of talent that they can give you 65% and they're still very good. Right. Right. But, Bill Hader is, you can tell in every single Bill Hader is giving a hundred percent. Yes. And he's, he's yeah. in it. James Ransom is giving, and I don't want to downgrade the other two. The, the, um, I don't even know the characters' names or the actors' names because I don't even give a shit. But the other two are also very good, but they just don't get enough screen time. So it's, it's very hard to put them on the same level. So I'm done talking about it. Yeah, we're, we're done. Okay. So on the, one of the other ones that I wanted to bring up, and I discussed this at length on why it was a big letdown for me personally back on when we ranked the Friday the 13th series, it was came in at my number 12 out of 12 uh, movies was, was a massive letdown. And the reason why it was a massive letdown, I'm anybody that knows Kane knows I love the Friday 13th series. It's, I think it's the greatest uh, horror franchise of all time. Jason is the, the best. And it was Jason goes to hell. So which would have been part nine. And the reason why, I, I mean, it, 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 the biggest reason why I was let down is because it was the first Friday the 13th movie that I got to see in theaters. And so, of course, I'm excited. I've watched one through eight. I love them. I've watched, I've had watched one through eight multiple times. You know, I loved every one of them. You know, I'm, I'm young, you know, whatever, 12, 13 at the time. So I'm like, yes, I, you know, I finally get to go see one in theaters and I didn't get to see Jason. <laughs> it was like, I got to watch a, a Friday 13th movie that with the Jason in the title and he's on screen for five minutes. Now, some of the best five minutes of all of uh, Friday 13th franchise, you know, best looking and all that. But it was just that it was a massive letdown, you know, Little Kane just was massively disappointed. It made me angry, and I still have not gotten over that that anger. And so that that's pretty much it. It's it's one of those movies. I actually think it's a good movie. The storyline and you know some of the better acting and kind of how you know uh, everything that it, it did. Uh, Creighton Duke's great and a great character. Wish I had more of him. It just was a it was just a massive letdown on a personal level for me. So that one would have definitely been on there, but I've already talked about it. So I didn't put it on my list this time around. For me personally, that movie wouldn't have made my list because I never anticipated any I'm a young buck. Keen is an old fogey. So he he was right in the, the the pocket of these movies coming out. I wasn't. I came to them later. I was a Freddy guy like I mentioned before. So I never anticipated them. I did anticipate it, Chapter 2. So just pretend that both of these movies are on our list. For me personally, Chapter 1 is... Uh, ch- chapter 2 
not chapter one. I love ch chapter one. Chapter two would be my number one. I don't know where that would be on your list. But when we get to these kind of movies, when we because we have a tight tighter list than we usually do with the, the five, we're going to try the best to our ability to not talk about movies over and over again. We're going to come up with different categories or topics so we don't have as much bleed over crossover repetition. There's 29,000 movies on Letterboxd. We can do better. We can talk about more movies. We can give you better recommendations. We can move outside the box a little bit. So that's the, the new goal. It's always been the goal of the podcast, but that is the new goal of the podcast, spreading it out, getting a little crazier, getting a little deeper with these horror movies, not the same shit that's been released within the last 40 years. So that is, from here on out, that is not a list promised to you. We are going to break it immediately. I know we are, but from here on out, I'm trying the bet. We're both trying. That is our guarantee to you. The gold standard, the gold seal of promise. None of the lists, no more repeats. But Kane had something to say when I mentioned 29,000, because I don't know how many times he's going to edit this, because I have stammered my way through this bit a million times. So he has heard me say that factoid 29,000 horror movies on Letterboxd and that popped into his brain another factoid and I know he's chomping at the bit to get to it. So I'm going to, uh, what is that? Check? Is that the basketball term? Yeah, check, check it to me. All right. All right. So yeah, you brought up the 29,000 horror movies that have been made over time. And I think Letterboxd is pretty accurate. I mean, so we, I don't dispute the the number, but well, and so I don't know if you're out there thinking, oh, that's a lot or a little or whatever, but just kind of give you an idea. In drama, there's been 140,000. So that's, uh, there. there's not that many uh, compared to drama, which is the, you know, kind of your average uh, genre. But so I started looking kind of looking at the decades so in the 2000s, we had a big boom of horror horror movies. There was 12,000 of them. So almost half of the movies, horror movies, were made in the last 10 years, which is crazy to me. So I went back and I was looking at the 80s, which was, you know, is considered one of the, arguably one of the greatest decades of all time. I would say it is for horror. And there was only 2,400, almost 2,500 movies made in that decade. So we've we're, we see it we're seeing a lot more movies being made more uh you know newer uh here recently i, I you know it's kind of one of those things where you go back to the 70s 1500 you know so there wasn't a lot of horror movies made and so yeah talking about the same movie sometimes it's just going to happen period because you you start getting into certain decades and whatnot especially you get into older there's not that many to talk about i mean you start getting okay well out of 2500 how many of those are going to be really good? You know, there's not going to be a lot. So it was just, it was kind of interesting, you know, uh, 2,200, there was less movies made in the nineties, uh, which was, you know, probably a good thing because it would have just been more movies that sucked from that decade. And then the two thousands, we started seeing more 5,000. Well, that's another interesting point I want to mention. Do you think the nineties suck because it was so small amounts of movies released? I mean, it was only, I mean, if there was more horror movies, do you think that it, 
might have been better. I don't know because you, I mean, it falls off a cliff really quick. Like G Plug for uh, ScreenAgeWasteland.com, we did a uh, ranking of 50 the best horror movies from each decade from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, uh, and 2010s. And 90s, we got about what 25, 30 deep, and we were struggling <laughs> to fill a 50. The bottom 10 is literally, oh, and these movies exist. Yeah. Right. And so I don't I don't think so. I think the 80s were so there was such a boom that there was almost like a horror fatigue that probably went on. So I doubt that there would have been three or four hundred extra. I mean, if you look at it, doesn't it pick up like towards the end of the decade, though, like from screen to Blair Witch Project? Yeah, you started seeing that there there was about it looks like there's about two to three hundred. Yeah, about the average would have been about two fifty a year. And like in the mid 2000s, it looked like there were just. They stopped making horror movies is what it felt like. The uh, 1994, only 190 90 came out. And then then you started picking it back up at the end of the, right, right at the end of the decade. So, I mean, it may have, but I don't know. It's like, well, would, you just, would we have gotten more garbage or would we have gotten a couple more gems? I don't know. I don't think anything was going to save the 90s. But, all right, that was enough. That was just, you brought that up and I just kind of clicked on it real quick. And I was like, that's interesting. But I was like, I can't believe you know, you could add probably the last three decades, the 2000s, the 90s, and the 80s all together, and it still is not as much as uh, we had in the last decade. And um, there's a reason why. I mean, we had, not only did we have a lot of horror movies made in the, and it, oh, granted that helped with, you know, Netflix and streaming services that we got, but we got a lot of really good quality uh, in the last decade, but that's or a whole other episode to talk about that. But yeah, it was just something interesting. So, all right. I, are you ready to get onto this list? Yes. All right. I'm starting this. <laughs> bad my eyes off. started to glaze over because you were mentioning math yeah. and numbers. Uh, yeah. I so I had to take that. a couple of shots. I know you, you can't do it. You can't, you can't, t- can't it. talk numbers. I mean, we're about to, because what is your number 10? My number 10. We are starting off. Okay. So uh, let me get into how I made my list just real quick. I went mainly with movies that I saw in the theaters. So I got five, my five picks, four of them are movies I saw in theaters just because it feels more like a letdown when you're going, you want to go see, cause there's not a lot of horror. We just talked about, there's not a lot of horror movies. So there's not a lot of horror movies that come out in theaters. And then there's, and then it's like, so there's not a lot of horror movies out of, you know, whatever a number there is in that year. How many do you really want to go see in theaters that you're looking forward to? Right. So there's usually a few. So it seems like more of a letdown to get all uh, gussied up and go out to a movie theater and buy your popcorn and your drink or whatever, sit down and spend an hour and a half and be like, God, I hate this movie, you know, so, or it's a, or it's a letdown. But this first one is the only one that I did not see in uh, the theaters. And it's the only one that is an older movie and it's kind of a classic. And I really kind of am, uh, you know, I'm probably going to get crap soon as I say it from here from a uh, sailor. Uh, and it's also from one of my, one of my and everybody's favorite horror directors. And it is 1980s the fog Mm. i was absolutely disappointed by this movie when i went back i somehow this was a movie that i never watched as a kid i don't know why i don't know how but i never watched it i never watched it uh, you know as a teenager i i just recently watched it maybe within five years within the last five years for the first time i don't know why i don't know how but it happens and i watched it and i was just like eh. (laughs) 
Eh, I, nothing. It did nothing for me. It wasn't scary. Maybe if it was one of those movies that I would have watched when I was younger. The only the only thing that I will remember, the only thing that I could take away is Miss, uh, you know, uh, Adrian Barbo. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's Stevie Wayne. She's a great character. Other than that, I didn't care anything about Jamie Lee Curtis or Janet Lee or he directs Fog King. I, I, he directs the fog. <laughs> I, okay. I mean, that wasn't enough to impress me. Sorry. Tom Atkins mustache. Tom Atkins. I just know. I mean, there was just nothing that I'm like, uh, okay. I'll, I see why this is quote unquote, a classic or why I want to go back to this or whatnot. And I love John Carpenter. Don't get me wrong, but there's just, there was nothing nothing here for me and so it was a big letdown because it was one of those ones that it was i always heard about people love this movie people really do if you're a carpenter fan if you're you talk you know J- jamie lee curtis is you know yeah halloween's what you point at most but this is kind of the her second movie that some people may talk about um as far as uh, what she does in it and her screen queenness back in the day but i just there's there was nothing memorable outside of adrian barbeau uh and the Stephen wayne character for me and that just wasn't enough to be like eh okay, I love this movie, or I'm, I want to watch this movie. I want to go out and buy this movie, whatever, you, however it is. I just, you know, I was like, uh, okay. Well, all right. Since you said I'm not going to buy this movie, I really, well, where did you, did you watch the Scream Factory Blu-ray? No, it was, uh, it was a streaming. Uh, <sighs> you got to watch the Scream Factory Blu-ray. Why? It's like a completely different movie. Why? I know it's not going to change the things that you already have problems with, but that might be their best Blu-ray. But okay, so what, why? Do, I, what? What makes it better? Because it's the the image is just crisper. It looks like a million fucking dollars. It's the difference between watching Suspiria and watching the 4K restoration of Suspiria. It's a completely different movie. And Suspiria has always been one of the best looking horror movies ever made. And their 4K restoration is like no. This is the best looking anything ever. Like there, there's a difference in jump in quality. It's just I don't I can't explain it. It just looks a million. It's the difference between watching this on VHS and watching it. I watched it as it as it was intended. So that to me right there, if you can't if you can't buy me in with a movie as it's intended, then uh. well, you didn't see it in theaters. Movies downgrade when they go go to home video, and over time they don't look as crisp as they used to. And I think this is, I'm not going to sell you on this movie because the first time I watched this, I was also disappointed because I really felt like it was becoming like another assault on precinct 13 or (laughs) a siege movie because you have all of these characters (laughs) in the same unit. I mean, like the same location and you have these fog ghost monsters coming and then it kind of like just ends and I'm like, oh, oh, all right. But then I watched it again, like, years later, and I was like, no, this is a really fun, like, I don't know. There's something about it. I feel like this is, I'm not going to say it's his horror movie for kids, necessarily, because I really do feel like he would take offense to that, because that would mean that it's lesser than. But it does have that campfire, because it opens with Buck Flowers telling a campfire story. And that's what it feels like. It feels like just an old-fashioned ghost story. Now the blood and guts and shit, shit the the added violence that was a studio note. He never really wanted that, but because you know the the slashers were becoming popular and the studio wanted that 
that primo blood. I I think you should give it a, one more shot, and if it doesn't hook you the second time, it never will. If I can find the Is Blu-ray the, one and I can get it, then maybe maybe that could be a, an episode. Is like, oh hey yeah, this improved, you know. <laughs> well, because that's also what happened to Prince of Darkness. I was lukewarm on that one too because I'm like, eh. see that one I love. It was just a, I'm like I don't like Alice Cooper in this. I don't like the fucking mumbo jumbo talk. But then the second time I watched it, I'm like, no no no, this probably has some of the best direction he's ever done. Mm-hmm. That like handheld thing with the where he's filming the church, and I was like, damn, this is effective. Oh, yeah. This is more it's effective so than 99% of found footage movies and it's just him shooting a fucking church. It's, that's one of the few movies that I remember it still when I'm watching as a kid and I, I've watched everything you could think of since I was six years old and nothing has really there. I'm, I'm not going to say nothing. Not many has ever got to me. Not too many movies have ever scared me or whatnot. That is one of the few movies that still to this day kind of gets me because of the creepy atmosphere. I don't understand why or what exactly what it is, but I think that's part of it. It, it sets the tone with that whole handheld camera thing. And Oh, it's so good. I think my problem with it, and we're not going to spend too much time on this because this is neither one of our picks that I do think that it's kind of, it's halfway serious movie and sometimes halfway cheesy yeah and i think those tones like bounce off of each other and i'm like eh, i wish he would have just picked one or the other but that's just me personally yeah. i do like it more now though I, I really do think it's one of his underrated gems because that's the thing about carpenter it's either classics trash or underrated gems <laughs> all right it's really it's because i he only made 20 movies and I guarantee you, if I started to name them, I'm going to forget three. It, it happens every single time. Sometimes it's Starman. Sometimes it's Memoirs of the Invisible Man. Like, there's some movies that I just fucking forget that he made. And I, it's so weird to me. But enough with John Carpenter. Yeah, what's, your, uh, what's the number nine pick? Number nine. Now, my approach to this list was so all over the place that I created three separate lists that we are going to do in the future. I don't want to say the immediate future, but sometime down the road, because disappointing can be interpreted in a number of ways. Because disappointing doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Disappointing doesn't necessarily mean that I, just because I liked it, I disappointed the first time doesn't mean I won't be the second time. Like there's, and I'm, I'm getting in the weeds, but there's different ways to interpret it, and I approached it at different angles, and because and there was also disappointing moments in a movie that kind of ruined them, like a high tension, for example. That wasn't one of the my picks, but it kind of it has the same problems as one of the movies that immediately popped into my head. Is I love that movie up until a certain point in the plot, and then it's just nose dives into a dumpster and it never recovers and it becomes a completely different movie and that movie is garbage and i fucking hate it now is does that movie does that mean it's necessarily disappointing not really i mean i was liking it up until that point but then that it happened so i would say that that would be more for like a disappointing moments or worst endings or what have you that would be a completely different list so the the movies i picked 
I, I kind of changed it while Kane was talking because the number one movie I was going to talk about, we've mentioned it before, but neither one of us have ever picked it for something. And that's House of a Thousand Corpses. I'm not going to talk too much about it because I didn't pick it. Because the first time I watched it, I was disappointed. I was like, what the fuck is this MTV cotton candy bullshit? Like, I really, really didn't like it. Then the second time, I'm, I was like, oh, I get what you're doing. And it's so fast. It really feels like it's 75 minutes, if that. I know it's not, but it's, it's just so super fucking fast that it's it's like a dog humping your leg. And can you really be that mad at it? It just wants to entertain you. And it, I think it does what it does better and more efficiently than some of his other movies. Like 31 is just a fucking trash heap. But I think House of a Thousand Corpses. So since it no longer disappoints me, I mean, it did at the time. The reason why it disappointed me so much is it was the first movie in my generation, within my generation of watching movies, that was canceled or put on a shelf due to the studio thinking it was too gory. Like it was unreleasable. And that had never happened at the time that I was, I mean, later, like Poughkeepsie tapes, it happened to that movie. It's happened to a couple movies since, but in my lifetime, like there was never, I can't, I was not even a fucking twinkle in my pappies. My father was like six or probably 10 when cannibal Holocaust came out. So that was, that was a nothing of an idea like that. So, but that was a movie that was also put on a shelf and banned because of its controversy. So House of a Thousand Corpses, I was hyped for like two and a half years because I'm like, how the fuck, how gory could this movie possibly be that the studio's like, no, we're not releasing this fucking thing. So I was, I was hyped to high hell. And then I finally watched it and I'm like, this is what you guys were afraid of? <laughs> like, really? It's not, I mean, it's gory, but it's really not. It's just cartoonish slapstick shit to me. But again, like I said, I, I eventually warmed over to it and then the sequel i love so goddamn much so i can't really shit on that movie so much so my number nine really should be it's my own fault and i have no one to blame but myself and i don't even know why well i mean i could tell you why i would i fell into the hype because kevin smith he had this i think it, it was an idea born on twitter where he was talking or he i don't know if it was a fake ad for something where a guy was looking for a roommate and he said i will you can live here rent free as long as you dress as a walrus and kevin smith was such so smitten with that with that idea that he was like i want to make that into a movie and i think he talked about it on some podcast and then on twitter he's there was that hashtag walrus yes and then it evolved into what it became, which is Tusk. And I have no, honestly, I have no one to blame but myself that I was excited for this fucking thing. Because Kevin Smith hasn't made a movie I've liked in 20 years, I think. A good number of years. And so I don't know why I thought this would be the one that would bring me back. 
but I hated every goddamn thing about this movie other than Michael Parks's performance. I do think he's amazing in it. But I mean, it's J- Michael Parks turns Justin Long into a walrus. Um, Kevin Smith delivers what he said he would do and he does it relatively quickly quickly into the movie, but then there's you're waiting around and then Johnny Depp shows up in his bullshit cameo that's so fucking bad that I just want to I just want to throw myself in front of a train to end it. And this isn't, here's the thing. This isn't even his worst movie. It's not even like top three worst things he's made. Yoga Housers. Housers you, uh, Yoga Housers or his um, short on uh, uh, holidays. It's, it, both of those are up there. And his new horror movie that's coming out this year, which I know I will see because I hate myself. I know I'm going to see it. Uh, what is it? Um, Kilroy, Kilroy was here. Yeah, Kilroy was here now. I know. I know. I'm gonna. I know. I'm gonna see it, and I know it's gonna be garbage, and I know I'm gonna want to kill myself. But Tusk, I, I the reason why I put it on this list is because I just want to stop any of you that haven't seen it already, because the the poster was great, the trailer wasn't bad. It has trailer, Justin sure. Long. I mean, I love Justin Long. I fucking. Is my audio clipping out? No, you're good. Okay. No, I love that. I love Haley Joel Osment like a lot. Like not in an ironic way, because I think some people love him in an ironic way. No, I love Haley Joel Osment like a lot. I think he's a, he's not as good as he was when he was a kid, but he's different in a different way, and he's interesting, and he's doing interesting things, and I think he's great in this, and I think Michael Parks is great. And there's when he's telling that story about when he was shipwrecked and the walrus saved him and bullshit, that scene was good enough that Kevin Smith didn't have to add. He didn't have to film anything. Michael Parks was selling you. You could visualize the, his backstory just by Michael Parks monologuing because that's how good my, Michael Parks is. And he had worked with him previous. Well, I guess that's probably why I was duped into watching this because Red State. I forgot about Red State. I really, really like Red State a lot. And I thought that was going to be a new chapter in Kevin Smith's career. And I was really looking forward to it. I was like, oh, Kevin Smith's going to start doing horror movies now. That's interesting. And I really, really, I don't know why. I just really liked Red State. Like, I don't think it's a perfect movie, but the fact that he made it, thats it's it was just such a departure that I was like, yeah, sign me up. Yeah, I was right there. I, 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 didn't, I didn't love it or like it that much, but I was like, okay, if he sticks with this, there's some there's enough there that's like i i would i would watch more of his stuff i mean it has some of his like the teenagers are obnoxious mm-hmm. and they kind of talk like kevin smith characters right. but that's teenagers so i was like okay i can look past that outside of those characters there's not a jokey character like there's not any jokes like it's pretty deadly serious right. for the most part and that's i it's probably why I like it more than his other movies because there's no weed jokes. There's no, you know, there's there's none of his stupid bullshit shit shtick. Like Jason Mewes isn't a deputy that's coming in to say, you know, there's none right. of that horse shit. Like it's played straight down the middle. And that's why I was expecting that from Tusk. Like I was like, oh, you're going to make like Saw with, or Hostel, or no, well, I guess it would be more like Saw with a walrus. It's it's a goofy premise, but I've seen goofier shit. Mm-hmm. 
And the the premise is kind of horrifying if you think about it. Like a guy turning somebody in a walrus. Oh, human centipede. Human centipede. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, like that's medically one hundred percent medically accurate from what I've heard. Because I've seen a YouTube video and the doctor's like, "Yep, that would that's what it would happen." Like I'm pretty sure you could turn a person into a fucking walrus. I don't think it would be that hard. But it's it's I I hate this fucking movie. It's I again I have no one to blame but myself. Yeah, so definitely that's my number nine tusk fuck you kevin smith like you don't get any more of my money but i i know i'm gonna see kilroy's i will not i know i hate the fact that i'm going to see it that's the thing i hate it i i don't think that i don't i can't tell you the la- i think the last movie that i went out of my way to watch was zach and mary mccaporno did you like that one i enjoyed it enough i you know i i went back i rewatched it recently and i'm like okay i, I didn't i don't like it that much anymore but at the time i was like okay you know well, because it it has heart. Yeah, to it. that's what I mean. Like it it wasn't just it wasn't as silly and stupid as I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? Like it was. You know, it had some. It was funny. It had some really good uh, parts in it. I, everybody in there was hilarious. Elizabeth Banks um, was you know still funny and not annoying. Um, it's. <laughs> uh, She's making a movie about a cocaine bear. Is that not enough? <laughs> That actually does sound fucking amazing. You know, when she was, when she's not whining about why men don't go see her action movies, her female-led action movies. I mean, is she wrong? Well, maybe if you make a good movie, people would go see it. Oh, shots fired. Um, You saw her fucking movie. I did see her movie, but it was only because of one reason. (laughs) (laughs) That's because Kristen Stewart was in it. Yeah, yeah. But it was not a a good movie. And I was, and I'm not that big a fan. Like I wasn't, I wasn't the biggest fan of like Clerks or the Jay and Silent Bob. I just, you know, sue me. Mallrats is fun. Um, I love Dogma. I think that's probably my favorite, absolute favorite movie of his. And I don't even—I don't even think it's that great of a movie. Chasing Amy is all to me is all right. I didn't care for it that much, anyways, at the time either. Man, has that movie aged poorly? Oh yeah. Oh, I know. It's it's it's. I'm sure. I'm surprised it it'll. Uh, I'm sure it's canceled by now. I I it was probably canceled then, but now I mean because only like no one knew about it. I mean it was on Criterion. Yeah. The Criterion release Chasing Amy because it, it had something, but now it's man, the sexual politics in that movie, it's like, ugh, this is so fucking 90s. <laughs> this is so fucking 90s. This is, right. does not hold up. Like, I thought this was his best movie, and I'm like, eh, put this one back on the show. <laughs> All right, on to your number eight. All right, on to number eight. Okay, so I think we've barely, we've danced around this movie a little bit. We haven't gone into really in depth. Uh, this was another kind of you know, we talked about it chapter two kind of being an event movie. This was kind of like another kind of event movie that happened um, around the same time. That is a uh, 2018's Halloween. I just, you know, I, I really thought I'm not the biggest Halloween fan. I do. I do love the original. We've talked about the original enough. We have talked about my love for the Rob Zombie ones, but this one just, I thought, okay, we're not only, we're going to get a reprise of, hopefully slasher films we're still waiting on that but i really thought it was going to be i just thought it was going to be so much better i i love the previews i really i really thought there was going to be we were going to take it on a new different path uh, and whatnot but then what we got was just hey you remember that thing in the original here it is in reverse hey remember when michael myers fell out the window oh now Lori's turn to do it just, hey remember you know, that's what it mm. felt like the whole movie is like, hey, nudge, nudge, side in my and 
poking me in my ribs. Hey, remember? But now we've got it reversed this time. <laughs> it was just, I was so disappointed by this movie. There, there were some okay things in it. You know, I pretty much the when Jabril, Jabrail, Netabu was my favorite thing. Uh, you know, Julian, little black kid, the chubby little black kid is the best thing, <laughs> my favorite thing out of the whole entire movie who just killed me. Like I wanted to spend more time with him than any Michael Myers or Laurie Strode or Karen or anybody. I would take that uh, way over anything else we got. I just, there was just no, there was no scariness. There was no frightness. There was no, oh, that's cool. Just everything just did not click uh, with me from how it all got started to how it ended. Nothing. I, I Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis was good. I, I liked the uh, p the ptsd angle but we've already done that in h2o we already you know i think rob zombie did it way better in halloween too so it's like okay but i get it now strain blah 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 uh, oh oh i weren't you frightened when he was in there and it looked like he might have killed that baby nobody has the balls to kill the baby in a movie like this so no i was not scared for the baby get over yours if ari aster maybe was directing this he mm. has balls but no, I, David Gordon Green. Robert Eggers killed the baby. Robert Eggers is going to kill a baby. David Gordon Green, no, I did not believe that in this type of movie that it, and on the mainstream like this, that a baby was going to ever be harmed. So, no, I was not afraid for that baby. Oh, I, I, the probably the coolest thing about the whole movie was when he flipped the, the kitchen knife that one time. Great. Wonderful. Other than that, uh, you can't shit on the mask. The mask, the mask was cool. looked great, and yeah, but that's not enough for me to care about this movie. John Carpenter's score, okay, yeah, but it just did not live up to what I and the fact, and I think the fact that people love it so much just makes me dislike it even more. Um, mm. And now we're going to get a sequel, um, and the fact that nobody died uh, of relevance. Uh, again i mean it's like how many times uh, Lori strode has i mean not only has she died in this she should have died multiple times i mean we talked about that with um sydney from scream from the scream franchise it's like at a certain point i mean michael myers kind of sucks at his job and he's kind of like you know it's like why can't he kill this one chick you know one time or she's just that great i uh, know or you know she was prepared for him this time oh whatever well technically he's only attempted it once. i know technically blah 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 what a garbage ass franchise that you've had to reboot this thing three times no this all right the third one was like yeah but we're not none of the other sequels exist and then h2o none of the other sequels exist. it's like how many times are we gonna fucking press it back to zero it's uh, and the fact that this is still probably the third or fourth best Halloween right. movie. Yeah, and how much as I hate it, I would still rank it pretty high. <laughs> in yeah, because that's, that's how garbage this fucking franchise is, that <laughs> this is like the fourth. Because the direction isn't bad. I mean, it looks good. It looks like a good right. movie. Yeah. Um, the script is horrible I, to me. And that's what really... No, I do it. like the fact that they they don't... I mean, I, I feel like they're going to say it in the sequel... That Jay, um, Lori was responsible for the bus crash. Mm -hmm. I really like that they never say it. I mean, you can tell. Like, she does it, and then she's at that fucking restaurant with the family, and she's all shaken up, and she's all fucked up. I mean, I feel like there was a deleted scene, and I'm glad they cut it out, because that I like. That you, you can piece it together yourself, 
but the movie doesn't explicitly have to tell you and hold your hand but it holds your hand in every other fucking aspect of this movie like you said it's one of those movies since i really feel like 2015 onwards is the fucking rise of nostalgia and nostalgia in that wink wink nudge nudge mm-hmm. way that you were talking about like every movie that year terminator uh, james bond jurassic world star wars like everything was hey do you remember this and they say it over and over again and you're like yeah i do remember halloween 1976 or whatever i remember it you don't have to keep reminding me of a a better movie and there's characters in this that are so fucking stupid or like so bad that you're like like she gets in a fight with a boyfriend and he like takes her phone and throws it in the Oh the my pudding gosh, or jello yeah. or whatever the fuck and you're like you couldn't have come up with a better way for him to for, for him this. to be a jerk yeah or like for her phone to get broken right. or whatever like oh my god it, it what pisses me off is because yeah that's what was bothering me when i watched it and the fact that one we know that he is going to try to kill Lorik, and so that makes every other character unlikable by default because they all hate Laurie Strode, like her daughter, Judy Davis, or uh, Judy Greer. It would be interesting if Judy Davis played her daughter. That'd be Jamie Lee Curtis banging when she was three. Uh, Judy Greer, I mean, it's believable that if Laurie Strode was like an annoying character that was like teaching her all these survival things and shit and like ruined her life, I understand that she wouldn't want her mom back in her life. But since we know that Laurie Strode is right, I don't like Judy Greer's character. Because right. you're waiting for the movie to catch up, or the characters to catch up to the movie, and they take the entire movie to catch up. And it's annoying. I also... And not only do they finally do they catch up, but it was like it never happened. Like, I was never mad at you five minutes ago. At the oh, end, yeah. where they're like, "Okay, yeah, I'm I'm in with this plan with you now, Mom. You're right." All of a sudden, yeah, I'm over all I'm over all the years of all that crap. I also, why didn't she live in Michael Myers's house? Yeah, that was the that was the other big thing. Is like, I, and I like I said, I've only seen it once. I haven't gone back to watch it. I, I don't know if I, I ever. I probably will eventually. But why? Why? How did he end up out there? To that that house in the middle of nowhere? Do you remember somebody like? Yeah, somebody kidnaps him, or like he's in a cop car, and he, and the cops are going somewhere, and he kills him, and and like he doesn't necessarily walk to the house. He's just it just happened to be along the way that the cops were taking him. Yeah, or the, the cops already had him, and or no, the the cops pick him up, then the psychiatrist who's evil, right who really wants to see him do evil shit again, like, like is driving him towards Lori's house. And then Michael Myers just kills him. And then Michael Myers just, just gets there. out of the gotcha. car and just okay. happens to walk. I think it would have been a much more interesting movie. If Michael, My- if Lori was wrong, if he was never really after her at all, right? She just happened to be in the way. So like she was doing all of these things to like egg him on and he never wanted to kill her in the first place. He's just like a shark and you just happen to be in the ocean. And it like ruined her life thinking that the shark was out there get, going to get him. And he's like, nah, bitch, I'm just, I just wanted just to kill some teenagers. 
Like it would have been far more interesting to me that she was a broken person and she did all this. She was really the villain. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a different movie and you probably wouldn't have liked Laurie Strode, but here's the thing. It would have been an interesting it would have, And they probably would, people wouldn't have liked it and it wouldn't have been as popular and we probably wouldn't be getting a, a Halloween kills, which is, oh my God, don't even get me started I mean, on that stupid Laurie name. needed to die in this movie. Yeah, she does. I, mean, I, I will still watch this movie. I am not looking forward to it. So this won't be on the biggest letdowns. I can guarantee you that. But yeah, if she doesn't die, and if he doesn't die, I mean, like, how did he survive that? I mean, is he are we is he still human? Because I mean, because if we're skipping everything else, he was human, right? He, you know, he what this didn't have the cult of Zorn or whatever it was, you know. So he's a human. How does he, he found survive? A sewer. I, I really, really hope that they don't. They're gonna show it like there was like a sewer grate or there was something or. Yeah some he's gonna some have a little bullshit. bit of a burn yeah his hair is gonna be thin. well no because i in the trailer i do think his mask is burnt i, haven't so the trailer. I think I, it's, uh, it's whatever <laughs> it's i mean it's like a teaser so you don't really see yeah. anything he I, it's gonna be something stupid that you yeah. know but no i think it would have been a, a more interesting character arc if she was wrong and she ruined her entire life because of fear and paranoia because that would have been an interesting character arc, David Gordon Green. I've already seen yeah. this. Yeah. Already exactly. H2O. We've seen this character do something. She's the villain. The, oh, there you go. That's an interesting because they're you're already setting up that the daughter might take over for Michael Myers because she's like got kill crazy eyes, got that bloodlust. Yeah. Guess what? I've already seen that too, motherfucker. Daniel Harris did that shit. Yeah. We've already you're just hitting the same beats. Do new beats. Do, Do new beats. And another that's and another thing. How did Michael Myers? So he was a perfect like prisoner for the last forty years too. Like he didn't he didn't want to kill until he got loose again. Like they never they you know it was like they made it they seem. Probably, I think they probably have him in solitary confinement. But he still it was like oh okay. Don't they have him? No, because there's other inmates. Yeah, there's in other there, inmates so. and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I, that, I mean, I just I don't look. even get Okay, all right, all right, on to your number, your number seven. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're talking about hype. This movie, by two directors that I love immensely. you got to rewind. I was, a, I was a young pup when this movie came out. Not super young. I was, like, right under the age of the R-rated. Uh, so, I'm dating myself a little bit. Because this came out in the early 2000s. But Peter Jackson and Quentin Tarantino said that this is the thing. This is the movie. Even Elvis Mitchell is a, a critic that I fucking respect. He was like, this is a good movie. And I was like, oh shit. That's two horror movies. And I think even Stephen King said that this is a fucking movie that you gotta see. And I was like, holy shit. A new horror movie by a new guy I've never heard of? All of these Peter Jackson, Tarantino? Maybe Stephen King? I believe he did say it. Man, Cabin Fever is going to be amazing. Wasn't. It was not amazing. And I have seen this movie probably 10 times. And I know that sounds crazy. Like, how is a movie that you've seen 10 times overrated or, or not even overrated, like disappointing or whatever? Because I'm trying to see through the eyes of the people who like this. I'm still trying to figure it out. This is a puzzle that I will always try to fix my entire life because i do not get it what do people see in this fucking thing that i'm not seeing i i truly do not it baffles me i also 
liked his commentary tracks. I do find Eli Roth to be a bit douchey, douche, douche mm-hmm. bro-ish. Yeah. But I do enjoy his commentaries. I do like his history of horror on AMC. Yeah, and just now on stick, stick to doing that. Don't. I think he, he he obviously knows horror. He likes talking about horror. I liked his shorts that come on the DVD, his little rotten fruit or whatever the hell it's called. I I also because of this and because he became friends with Tarantino after this and for a number of years after. I don't know if they hang out anymore. Tarantino seems to wine and dine his friends and then drop them. Like, he was, like, bros with Robert Rodriguez, and I haven't seen them in a picture together in, like, 20 years. Eli Roth was, like, attached to his hip. I haven't seen him with him in, like, forever. Like, it it seems like he becomes friends with someone and then he dishes them for a new model. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I don't know. I might be talking out of my ass. But I haven't seen him, like, I haven't seen those two together since Inglorious Bastards. And that was... Some n- number of years ago. Well, he but, was on. He was on the Eli, the history of horror thing. That's true. He he was on yeah. that. So, and his if you haven't, if you've only watched the show, I implore you to listen to the podcast because ter- they cut out a lot of the Tarantino interviews on the show. Like if you've only seen on AMC or you've only seen it on Shutter, the podcast is really what you need to see or listen to because. His interview with Quentin Tarantino was like two hours. And on the show, it's like 10 minutes. Like him talking about Fulci or whatever the fuck he's talking about. Abby and Costello meet Frankenstein or some shit. Like they talk a lot. And then they chop it up for different individual episodes and whatnot. But he really gets into some depth. But the fact that he became best friends with Tarantino for as many years as he did. Man, did I hate Eli Roth for a long time. Like I had a personal grudge of Vendetta. I was like, fuck this guy. Oh, I hate him because that now I'm like, whatever. He's if you fuck up Borderlands, I swear to God, I'll kill you. I'm telling, I'm saying it on the podcast. I'm sure it's gonna happen. I know it is. I know it is. But Borderlands is one of my favorite video game franchises, and I know he's trying to make his version of Guardians of the Galaxy just based on his cast, which is almost all wrong. I don't (laughs) even know how you. How how do you pick Jack Black for Claptrap and not Aziz? I'm sorry. That's another podcast. We're not going to get into it, but if you fuck that shit up, Eli. But speaking of fucking shit up, Cabin Fever. I I like that it was made for no money. And I mean, it's watchable. Don't get me wrong. It is watchable. I wouldn't have watched it 10 times if it wasn't watchable. And every time I watch it, I am watching it with comedy. You've watched it 10 times? I Yes. Good God, man. Well, because, all right, let's rewind the clock. I, for Tarantino, I had to watch all his first four movies multiple, multiple times before I got it. Like, I saw Reservoir Dogs, and I'm like, eh, whatever. Saw Pulp Fiction, I was like, whatever. From Dust Till Dawn, I had to see that thing like six, seven times before it clicked. I was like, oh, this is what they're going for. Like, I just thought it was like stupid. I really was one of those guys that liked the first half and not the second half. And I know I'm crazy, right. but there's such so much cheese in that shit. I'm like, because when they're doing all those fights, you could just see vampires like standing in the back. Like, it's it's so. Che- but then you watch the movies that he's trying to make, and you're like, I get it. Jackie Brown, I watched that movie eight times before. I'm like, oh, the plot is irrelevant. It's it's supposed to not make. You know, it's right. it's supposed to be a hangout movie. Like sometimes. I re- Fifth Element is another example where I have to rewatch the movie to 
for it to click. And not every, not every movie I do that with, but some movies I feel like there's something here. And if I figure it out, it'll click Fargo still hasn't clicked. Boogie Nights still hasn't clicked for me, but I, there is nothing in cabin fever. (laughs) No, (laughs) I return to it that many times where it's something's going to finally click. I know, but like Peter Jackson gave it such effusive praise that you would think that this was the next evil day. How do you, I mean, I I guess it's, how do you trust that sometimes? How is that? I'm just, this is a friend of mine and I'm going to say this and i don't know you know like, what i mean or something a, like that he was a new guy on the scene so it wasn't like like i understand them sucking his dick for like hostel or something because then he probably was in the hollywood scene he made he met some people or something but i guarantee you peter jackson didn't know eli roth before this so for him to see this and be like this is a thing and this is the guy who made dead alive i will i will say i will and this is before he was done with the low the Lord of the Rings movie, so it wasn't like Oscar winner Peter Jackson. This is still horror guy Peter Jackson. And if horror guy Peter Jackson says a movie's great, I'm going to go fucking see that movie. Because nothing beats Dead Alive. Well, I'm going to go see it too, just like that, but I'm not going to... I've I've seen this... I, I've, I guess... Have I seen, I've never gone back to watch this movie. There are certain movies I, that, yes, I'm like, okay, you, I need to go I'm back and rewatch it. I'm trying to figure it, it out. I, I'm trying There's nothing to figure out. It's... I know I it's something it's Jordan there has Ladd to be in something. it for one reason. That's there's nothing to figure out with Jordan Ladd. Sorry. I know. I'm crazy. I mean, it's not like I'm watching it all the time. It's been out for 20-ish years. So that's 10 times like one every two, three years. And nobody Plus, from I this like went the, on to do anything. Like, I don't recognize any of these names. Ryder Strong was on Boy Meets World, I believe. Oh, okay. He was because I, wa- I watched movie. that. Well, that was a big show, sir. It was a big show for you millennial babies. I didn't watch that shit, but yeah, it was a big deal. They even brought it back, and I think it was on the second. I show. still didn't I, watch it that time either. Uh, what's their fucking? There's there's people on there. That's um, you know, stop trying people. to stop trying to defend this movie. <laughs> there's nothing to defend here. What's I mean, Jordan Ladd did some things. James, did, you know, there's you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You're done. You're uh, cut off. I don't know. I'm crazy. I'm an, <laughs> I fully admit that I'm an insane person, but I just I'm trying so there's so many other hard. movies you could have watched the other seven times that you've watched this. Once I, I get it, because I was I was sucked in too. Yeah. Hey, okay. This is gonna be it, it didn't seem like it was gonna be anything great, but it it, it felt like okay, this is a independent, whatever, low budget, whatever you blah 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 movie that's okay i'll watch it and like you said we just got we talked about the 90s how bad the 90s were earlier so we were we were starting to get better horror movies so it was like okay we're maybe this will be a one you know cabin fever that sounds great uh, it, it's got all the typical stereotypical um cliches in it let's go let's just get, give me something good and it did not absolutely did not but well also it's it's just remember that every time i'm watching it it is with the commentary the commentary isn't uh, entertaining and he does make at that time he was really good at making making ofs so you listen to the same commentary every time i think there's multiple tracks on there like hostile one and two have tarantino's on those tracks and i would i will watch i have bought movies that i don't even like to listen to tarantino commentary because he doesn't do them often and he doesn't do them on his own movies 
but he does them on hot fuzz. I'm not even going to tell. If I've seen this movie 10 times, I am not even going to tell you how many times I have listened to the commentary of him and Edgar Wright on the hot fuzz commentary track. I'm not going to tell you. It'll blow your fucking mind. It's two hours of them just ping-ponging movies I've never heard of, and I still haven't seen them all. And that movie came out in 2007. So, on to your number one. Number six. six. All right, so this is the best movie, probably on both our list. I'm not, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and throw throw that out there. It's definitely the best movie on my list. And when you get the whole one of the scariest movies of all time type crap, mm, um, it might be on my list. <laughs> I doubt. It. I think you love this movie. So, mm. um, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Um, it. Oh, uh, I was so high. the the trailer. One of the best trailers. If we were gonna do like the best trailers to get you into like the theater. This was on there. The concept loved it. And it's, and I will sit here and I will sit here and say, it is a really good movie. Do not get me wrong. I would put it in the top 100 horror movies of all time. Uh, I wouldn't be, I'd be fine with people putting it higher on the list than me. All oh, that kind man, of stuff. I feel my it blood is, boiling. <laughs> it is absolutely a well made, well acted movie. And that is 2014. It follows. Oh, oh! I thought you were talking about The Exorcist. It follows. <laughs> oh no, that's a dagger into the heart. Oh, Kane, I had no idea you didn't like this movie. Oh no, no, I do not. I there's a oh, lot. I that love I, this movie. No, there's a lot I do like about this movie. Do not get me wrong. Yo, yeah, I love this no, movie. Yeah, I know you top love 10 this movie. There's a lot of people that love this movie. But oh, no. so it starts off. It starts off great. I mean, you got you get the girl running out of the house half naked, and then you see this brutal, her brutal after death or whatever. You don't get to see her die, but you see the after effects. Amazing. And then you get the whole Jay, and I love Jay. I love uh, Micah, uh, Monroe. Micah Monroe. She's great. I, she's one of the like uh, re- more recent like Scream Queen type uh, girls. I love her. That whole scene of where her and her recent boyfriend are finally going to get it on and all that. And then it goes, then it goes crazy. And it's like, okay, this is the, you know, her strapped to that wheelchair, man, that whole scene. I'm so I like, I'm sucked into this movie. I love it. And then the old lady, one of the scariest old ladies since the shining. Okay. I'm, I'm in this movie. I, I'm loving this movie. There's nothing wrong here. The score amazing score is this set in the 1980s detroit whatever i have no idea it was i love the timeline uh, you know whatever was going on here there was so much i love about it and then it started to slip for me when you see the whatever it is you know humping her son to death that was like okay uh ah. but when it really fell apart for me and made me dislike this movie so much is the beach scene so if you haven't seen this movie skip ahead but when you get to the beach scene and you see what the demon or whatever this thing is, what it actually does, why are you f- afraid of this anymore? Oh, it grabs you by the hair. It punches you. It kicks you. Like it, it ruined the whole mystique or whatever that was going on from that very first kill that we saw where this girl got mangled by because he pulled somebody, it pulled somebody's hair. Oh, and then we get to the pool scene where, oh no, it's throwing something at me. Oh, it, 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 it pulls hair, it punches and it throws things. I am absolutely afraid of this thing. It, it just rapes you to death, man. That's terrifying. It, I don't be raped. it rapes you to death. I don't know. I want to be raped to death. 
okay but still i but it's just it's not that's not scary in the way that it was doing it you've never been to jail let me tell you when t-bones got that look in his eye (laughs) and he's licking his lips like you were fucking no it just it falls apart it falls apart on to me when when it starts doing that and i'm just like okay uh, i'm not afraid of this anymore it's not scary anymore it's just like it's like revealing a the bat a monster that is awful you know what i mean it's if it would have maintained that mystique of just showing people dead afterwards, why are you afraid of this? I don't know. It just it didn't it just didn't get me. And then the logic falls apart on it. Well, I've seen like even Tarantino was like, I don't understand the logic. And I'm like, we well, are getting this secondhand from a stupid teenager who thinks he has the rules. Right. From what I how I interpret the rules are since it bounces from host to host, and I feel like every host is dead. And I think it's established that they're all dead because you see the mom, you see the dad later in the, at the end of the movie, like it, it, you see now, are they, are they actual zombies? Are they ghosts? That's open to interpretation, but I know that they are taking the guise of a dead thing, much like the movie soul survivor. So, but, and I think that every host body operates differently within its own logic. I mean, no matter what, it's going to hunt you. But sometimes it just stands still and does weird shit. Like it just pisses on itself or it stands naked on the top of a roof. Or sometimes it'll bust through a door yelling at you. I think it's established that it does different things in different bodies. So I like that, that it's open to interpretation. I do admit that the third act in the pool electrocuting it with toasters and shit that's a a bit weak but i do think they are stupid teenagers and i think that's a an idea a stupid teenager would come up with oh now you could say you could say that that's me trying to justify its bad ending but i'm like i'm putting myself into the shoes of a stupid teenager which i was and still am to a certain degree i wouldn't know what to fucking do with the thing and if my friend suggested we lock it in a room that it can't get out of and get it into a pool and try to electrocute it, I'd be like, okay, I guess that's, I mean, cause what, what else are you going to like? You you can always come up with a plan B, but if, if that's the best plan A you got, go with that. Again, it's not the best third act, but I think the score is amazing. Oh yeah. It's one of the best, I put that score up against Under the Skin, uh, my number one movie, which we'll get to, which I think has a tremendous fucking score. I think some of the best music of the last, you know, decade, 10 years, whatever the hell. I think the direction is amazing because it's always making you look out of the peripheries of the, the sides of the scene. Like that scene where, where, like you said, they go lady. That entire scene is amazingly shot because she's doing a thing and the camera keeps rotating. And every time it goes back to like behind or like in front of her, you see that the old lady is getting closer and closer. So every time that the camera's behind her, that that means that the monster is behind her, but, and we don't know how close it's going to get on the next turnaround. Like it's masterfully directed. I think this movie is top notch up and down. I do. Yeah. I, I, again, I do have problems with that third act, but and I, maybe I'm a softie, but to me, I don't think the thing following them at the end is an actual it. 
I think you have to fight it with love. I I know that's a che- I know that's a shitty ending because it's clearly not dead in the pool. But when she f- has sex with her quote unquote boyfriend, I think they actually have sex with love because every other time in this movie, it's you're just fucking to pass it on. Right. Oh, somebody's oh, or she has that scene at the pool, which is amazing. Or I mean, not the pool at the, at the boat with those frat guys. Which, you know, it leaves a paints a picture in your head that you have to put together, and it's as ugly as it possibly could be. But every other, like every other sex scene in in it is gross and ugly and nasty. And I think the one time that she has sex with love for love, I think it goes away. I don't think it's chasing them anymore. I think love defeats the venereal disease. I think that's the message or moral of the movie and that maybe that's not what people want is that stds go away when you when you accept well but that's that's i mean you know we don't want to get out you know off on this tangent too much but i you know if there was abstinence or if there was we're only going to have sex for love and there wasn't or we were just going to have sex within the marriage uh, or with one partner there's a lot of STDs. There's a lot of a lot of problems that go away in the world, right? But mm-hmm. but people as a whole, we cannot control ourselves. So there is this. I I I think the meaning's fine. I don't I don't hate the. You know, we talk about horror all the time. Uh, having you know, there's a, a lot of uh, context. There's a lot of you know, subject material behind social commentary, whatever you want to name it. There's a lot of that in horror movies. And a lot of that is why I love horror movies to begin with. It's not just, oh, guy killing stupid people. You know, it's like there's usually, there's sometimes the best horror movies have some type of something going on behind of what it means. And I, and I do enjoy all of that here. And there is a lot of great stuff. It just, it was marked as, the scariest thing ever and this is so this and all that and i just and people loved it so much that i was and it's one of those i you know i I guess i'm the weird one in that way like the more people love think something sometimes like i'll never see avatar because how much people love that damn movie do people love that they love the people who love that movie love that movie they are like star wars they're like star wars fanatics to me you know that they love i've never met anyone who's loved avatar but there's not a lot i'm not saying there's a lot and most of them are foreign because that's where it made all its money so i haven't talked to a lot of them but the (laughs) ones that do love it that want to sit here and talk about all the experience in the theater with the 3d like i've never seen a 3d movie before is that makes at it at the time thing. I'm going to defend whatever magical person, imaginary person you just made up. The 3D was pretty fucking amazing. That's the one thing I will stand by. Avatar in the theater, if you didn't see it in the theater, then it's yeah, don't even Good, bother. Watch never it. Like watch Gravity, it. if you didn't see it in IMAX theater, don't even fucking bother watching right. it because whatever version of that movie you're going to see is inferior. Yeah. Or, um, oh my god, what's the walk, uh, the rock climbing movie? Ah, fuck me. Where he climbs like 1,500 feet up that... Cliffhanger? (laughs) The one for real that he does it like freehand. Free solo? Free solo. Yeah, I saw that shit in IMAX and I'm like, I could never... I will never watch this shit again because I can never duplicate. Like, my asshole was clenched 
and I know he does, doesn't die, but I'm like, because <laughs> he's fucking up there. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. So Avatar, if you didn't see the 3D IMAX, don't even fucking yeah, follow it. So, no, nothing kills a horror movie more than hype. And the, the, my next movie up is because of hype. I also understand that you want to hype up a movie that you love. I It follows I couldn't shut up about. Like, I really, really love this fucking movie. It's, I love it more than all of the, like the witch, like all of the big ones get out of the last 10 years. It follows us. The only reason if it wasn't on my list is I've only seen it once because I don't want to burn. And I know that's crazy. That's a movie that I love so much, but it's like, you've seen cabin fever eight times and you've seen a movie you love once (laughs) because I don't want to, I don't want to wear it out. I'm like, there's something, there's something. And the thing is, I remember everything about this movie. Her stupid little um, shell thingy that's like a book that she's reading, which is, uh, I'm like, what is this? What is this little thing she's reading? This little iPad that's in the shape of a shell that she's reading some Dostoevsky book or some like James Joyce or some shit. I don't know what the fuck this is. Like, it's in this weird, like you were talking about Halloween 2018, which I saw more recently than It Follows. And I don't remember anything about no goddamn baby, but I remember everything about It Follows. Yeah, this so is a movie I want. I, I need to go back and rewatch. I'll admit, I've only I've only watched it the once. I need to go back and rewatch it, and I've been meaning to for a while, but I just haven't been able to pull the trigger on it. But I need to go back. But because there is a lot of that stuff that I did like, and maybe I don't know if it's going to be one of those that it just gets more dumb and I dislike it more or I'll be like, okay, yeah, it's not as bad as I had, I had thought. And the hype had worn down that kind the of stuff. Soundtrack. Oh, Tra- I I, I, I've got the, I've got the, um, the soundtrack on my playlist. Like I love the soundtrack and I love Micah Monroe. She's amazing mm. uh, in everything she has what done. What happened to her? What is she doing? I know she did an X-Men movie recently. Where's she been? Where's, where are you at, Mike? Oh, she's, I don't know. I know she did The Guest, but I feel like, oh, she's been in a hundred thousand things. And then I watched, looked at IMDb. I'm like, where the fuck have you been? Right. Like Anna Taylor-Joy, she's killing it. Yeah. And I'm like, where's Micah? I want to see more Micah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And not in a sexual way, you fucking pervs. I right. think she's great. She's great in this. And she's great in The Guest. But let's move on to something I don't think is great. Ugh, we're talking about hype. Yeah, this is one of the big ones. And I really could just throw in an entire goddamn studio because it does it every fucking time. Because you're talking about the scariest movie ever made. And I'm pretty sure that's on the marketing of every A24 movie. And you already know what I'm fucking talking about. What comes at night? What comes at night? Because the movie's called It Comes at Night. And the answer to that question is nothing i love this not movie. a god damn thing if we we will eventually and i know which i am already going to break the promise that i made to you folks you fine folks when i said we're not going to have any more bleed over 28 29 horror movies we're never going to talk about an hour again. into it here we go <laughs> because if we are going to rank the best trailers of all time it comes at night is it's up there for me yeah, this trailer is fucking whoever. I wish there was an award for trailers, and I'm not even fucking around. This is one of the absolute best trailers I've ever seen. The poster with the dog, not the one where he's holding the lantern, but the dog's just running out into the fucking blackness of the night. God damn, is that effective? That is a fucking effective marketing campaign. It's minimalist. 
that trailer is literally just a guy walking down a hallway to a red door and then you intercut with like weird shit like there's this old man with black goop coming out of his mouth and you're like what the fuck am i looking at it's eerie as fuck like it's eerie and then i watched the movie and i have been more scared at watching paint dry i i it bugs me because i love these types of movies i recommended on one of the patreon episodes the battery which is literally two people walking through the woods bickering at each other and sometimes rarely a zombie will pop out like there's nothing to that movie at all like it's made for peanuts this movie on the other hand it has a little bit more a bigger cast and a cast full of actors i love they're not huge actors but joel edgerton christopher abbott carmen ijago riley kuog a bunch of actors i can't pronounce the names you know but i love them all i think they're all actors worth watching i really wish there was something for them to do in this fucking thing i am bored and it takes i have a high threshold for bullshit if you've ever read anything i've ever written people give me shit all the time because i watch nothing but garbage i'm like a raccoon I, i i dig on trash baby that's what i do so i have a high tolerance for long movies i watched irishman the day it dropped on thanksgiving like we were done with thanksgiving and i popped that fucking thing on immediately because i'm like i'm watching this shit three and a half hours hours later (laughs) i ain't got nothing else to do baby reheat those leftovers four times because i'm gonna be here doing this i i will watch i I watched all of Showa, and I believe that's nine and a half hours. I've seen all of Decalogue, and that's seven and a half hours. I've seen some long-ass fucking movies. My threshold for bullshit, it's its a superpower. So when I tell you that I was bored... God damn it, I just thought of another movie that should have been on my list. God damn it. Just pretend David, Suspiria we'll 2018. Yeah, Suspiria 2018 should have been on my oh, list. Oh, yeah. Why didn't that pop into my head? Oh, that one didn't end. Yeah. I hated it. I know. I was like, I I really wanted that because I was expecting it was different. I know which I was like, because it wasn't exactly like Suspiria, the original, and which I, that was like, okay, I'm going to like this. One, I don't like the Dakota chick. Two, I was like, (laughs) but Tilda Swinton, uh, okay, I'm sold um, on that alone. Tilda Swinton's. You get two Swinton's. Yeah. But I just, I was the same way. I was like, no, thank you. Oh, man. Just pretend that's number one on both our lists. Like, I really, I here's the thing. I'm not in love with any horror movie to the point where, like, if you change something. Like, if you remade the thing and you made it, like, in a school instead of a fucking Arctic base or some shit, which is kind of what my next movie is about, actually. It's very close to that. Like, I'm not precious where I'm like, no, you can't touch it. No, just make no. a good movie. Suspiria. I don't care. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. We have another podcast where we remake shit. Shameless plug. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not precious when it comes to that shit. So my problems with Suspiria aren't the fact that it's different than the original. I don't give a fuck. My problems with it is I don't give a fuck about anything I'm looking at. I think it is a beautifully made movie. Like, there's, I can't take away anything on the production end, the technical end. I even think Dakota Johnson's good in it. It's just something happen please something for the love of god happen 
wake me the fuck up. Like I was, I was mad at that movie like frame one, and it never even that like the wild crazy ending. Yeah, and I was like, this is the wild crazy ending. I says, that's what I says to you. I give you raspberries, sir. Step up to the plate. Give me something crazy I've never seen before. But at least what I can say about that is at least something happened at the end of that movie. People were blowing up in geysers of blood. Tilda Swinton is in that movie. It comes at night. Nothing comes at night. Nothing. The it is a question mark and the night is at least there is a night. So I can't say the entire title is a lie. There is no it. Nothing comes, but there is a the night. So the, the title is at least 50% accurate. The other 50% is a goddamn lie. Fuck this movie. Fuck you, A24. Stop telling me every one of your horror movies is the scariest. Midsummer is not the scariest goddamn movie. Right. Stop it. Even though we'll, I love it. Shit. I love that movie, but it's not the I do, scariest. I do like Midsummer. I do like Midsummer, but it's not the scariest by any stretch yeah, of the Not animation. all horror movies are scary or need to be scary. Yeah, stop it. I'm, I'm another movie that almost made my list is Blair Witch. Cause again, the marketing oh, was like yeah. scariest. Oh, scariest fucking movie. Oh my God. Scariest movie you know, since 1999. Yeah. You're, it's a, it's a pants piss. Here. Oh my God. <laughs> you're going to, Oh, buckets of piss going to fall out your bladder. Oh my God. And then I watched it. I'm like, this is the dumbest goddamn thing. Fuck you, critics. Stop hyping shit up. Right. Just show me a trailer. Stop telling me. I don't want to. If another horror movie comes out and there's a fucking review quote on it, I'm not going to see it. I'm saying it right now. Get a Jordan Peele, do not put a fucking quote on your goddamn trailer. Don't. I don't think there's one on Get Out. And guess what? Get Out's trailer is the best trailer ever. If this is the second best, Get Out's is the best. Because it yeah. has that weird oh, fucking great. deer monster ghost in it that's not in the movie. But no, I um, I really like how this worked out because I think the talking about how the it follows going into it comes at night. The reason I would have liked it follows more if it did what it comes at night did, and I think that's why I like I love Nothing. it comes at night <laughs> because it it doesn't show it like the moment you show <laughs> what it does, I'm a, it, and it and it doesn't work. It's over. You've ruined the movie for me. This movie, it's got a sense of dread throughout the entire thing that I just absolutely loved. And that's why it follows to me where it it failed and it comes at night. Like if you could have combined them, you have an absolute masterpiece in my mind. And, and I'm not saying it comes at night is great or it's one of the best movies. I'm not saying that it's a movie that I really like. I do think it's well acted. Like you said, Joe Egerton, he's one of my favorites. Um, and it's got some, it does have some good imagery. The old man that's got the, the black, almost blood liquid stuff pouring out of his mouth. Well, actually, let me jump in real quick. Cause you, you mentioned that if the scariest moment in your fucking movie, if the creepiest thing in your movie is a goddamn dream sequence, shoot yourself in the face shoot yourself in the face because that feels like such a fucking studio note they're like nothing is happening so wes craven should shoot himself in the face no because the entire movie is built around dream sequences you ass <laughs> well that's what she said all of them yes, happen in a dream dream sequence all right fair fair enough <laughs> you ass fair enough but that in movie that entire movie is about dream sequences if the monster in this like invaded your dreams or some shit yeah. but maybe that was like, the it like that was the it. Like it was Is trying to get you to kill it's... because through I don't your even dreams. What the, I don't even remember what the plot of this movie is. I, if there is an actual it in this, 
then I, I it's guess the plot I, of it was foretelling COVID. <laughs> the people were sitting, they, they were fear-struck. Oh, so the scariest thing is that you will be stuck in a house and nothing happens. You're in there for, and nothing has happened for a year. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not saying that. Don't, don't, I don't want angry emails or anything about that. About no, COVID. no, you're actually correct. Correct. Nothing happens in this movie for a year in real time. <laughs> that's how long this movie is. No, but that's I. That's what I love. I do. I will go. Um, I love movies that do not show what is happening more often than not if they're well done. And I think this is well. It's well made. I think it's a lot of what you would say about it follows as far as it's well made. It's well directed. It look it has a great look. Good acting. The I wouldn't really say the the score is not as memorable as it follows. But I just, I like I said, the moment it follows shows what it did, it lost me. The moment this doesn't show it, I, I'm, I'm there with you. And it's got Riley Kehoe, who I think is great, and she's uh, breaking she's out. She's really good, yeah. So, no, but I, I just think I, it was really interesting how that worked out. So, all right, so on to number four. This was a big letdown. Um, this is going to be another blood boiler. No, it's oh. not. No, no, you will, you will hate this one as well. I guarantee you. Okay. Um, but this this is because there was so much kind of going for it. I really like. I, I just get right into it. And that's 2010. It's the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, no! Oh, don't even talk about it. I was like, what sold me on this movie was Jackie Earl Haley. I was thinking, man, if there is anybody at this time to replace Robert England as freddy krueger it was jackie earl haley mm-hmm. i still think i still love him i would be fine with him doing more uh, as freddy krueger if they were gonna whenever they reboot this uh, again but this movie in every single aspect was a failure compared to the original there's we've seen some bad remakes and everything but how you waste Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy Krueger. And even you even have a really good actress in Rooney Mara. Who almost quit the business because of this thing. Yeah, yeah. And you got... And I don't blame her. Yeah, you got... I don't fucking blame her. You got Clancy Brown and Connie Britton. You got some really good talent here. And then you just absolutely crap the bed over it is like and it, and it and it starts off from the beginning the only thing okay I'll, I'll 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 mention these just real quick the only things that i somewhat liked about that i do like well jackie earl Haley, of course i do like the um the the flashbacks that we got of when the parents actually attacked we've talked about this a little bit before i want like an origin story for freddy krueger Kind of like like in the vein of like the like uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker, that type of thing where it's how he became Freddy Krueger. I would love that, but him as a real person, you know, on trial or whatever, I would love that. So I love I did enjoy that kind of aspect of it. But the everything else, every kill, I you know CGI, you know, two thousand the CGI is just ruined movies. I mean, you take you know, uh, there's a great YouTube video that shows the side by side of it uh, of this and the original you've got the wall where uh, nancy is sleeping and freddy krueger comes through the wall kind of and in the wall paper and the wall kind of you know bends uh, and you see the outline of his face and his hands and you've got the great the original practical version of it and then you've got the awful cgi the frighteners look kind of crap to it which i love the frighteners but it just it's cgi it just is awful and then you just keep going everything that it did the kill when he gets killed in the um prison 
is is not the same you know what i mean the whole being hung was wicked in the original and you just go on down the list you know how how is a movie of 30 years prior and you have better uh, more updated uh, effects all that stuff now and you can't do better than the movie 30 years later it just you're you're an amateur get out of here and so there's just I, nothing about the story, nothing about anything. I mean, technically, you're right. He is an amateur. I think this was his first movie, wasn't it? I don't care. It's whoever you are, <laughs> you know. Well, he was a music video director. He did the um, Smells Like Teen He's Spirit. been doing stuff since 91, for crying out loud. You you should know how to do something by now. <laughs> don't give me that amateur crap. In his defense, he never he didn't even want to do this. The producers like went after him. Which is number one. If you go out, if you're a producer out there and you're hounding a director to make a movie, and that director really doesn't want to make that movie, go after another director. Like, imagine if Mark uh, Mark Romanek made this guy, the, the guy who did Hard Candy. Imagine yeah. if he made this fucking thing. Yeah. Or imagine, like, literally anyone else. Like, Nightmare on Elm Street should be the easiest. I can. The only other movie I can think that's a, probably an easier slam dunk which was also a fucking what's a a, a a brick what is a basketball term for the opposite of a slam dunk yeah brick yeah. that'd be brick i would be alien versus predator yeah like how do you how do you fuck that up you get a predator you get an alien you have them punch each other yeah. until one of them's dead Nightmare on Elm Street is one of the easiest slam. Just alley oop it. And you, and you have and you have the best. And like I said, you have the best possible replacement for Freddy Krueger there. I mean, like if Robert Englund was in this, it doesn't make he doesn't make it better. No, because the thing is, you have this weird tone. He looks serious. The entire movie is shot serious yeah. looking, and then he still kind of has like weird one liners. Right. Like he's like talk about a wet dream after like she blows up in a like blood. <laughs> It's like, like no. what? And yeah, and like it was this? and it was right at that time. Look, we had got um, you know, Rob Zombies. We had a Halloween reboot with Rob Zombie, Friday Thirteenth remake reboot to the year before this, which we both love. And and then you got this turd that just kind of felt like it killed all that all over again. Well, because I it didn't Michael Bay produce this? Probably. Well, because he had a run. I will always defend his Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I actually like it. And I prefer it to most of the sequels. Actually, all well, most of the yeah. Sequels, he was a producer too. on it. I yeah. He, his his run was short lived, but I mean, I liked for the most part his Hitcher remake. Like I didn't hate it. I don't think it's as good as the original, but I don't think it's bad by any stretch. And he was part of the Friday Thirteenth. Um, yeah, and I think that one's really good. like it. Platinum Dunes to me has arguably as strong a run as fucking. Blumhouse, except Blumhouse has Get Out, and they, that's going to be their claim to fame forever because they can, they will put that. So they're going to keep making Fantasy time. Island crap. Yeah, but they'll put Get Out on their trailer for the next twenty years because yeah. it won an Oscar. So they, they have Purge, Paranormal Activity, and Get Out. So they have those. But if you remove those, I'll put Platinum Dunes against that any fucking day yeah. of the week. Maybe not though, because this movie oh, really so tips the scales. Because this might be, I'd have to think about it. Because I haven't seen the Martyrs remake, 
but this might be the worst horror remake ever. Oh yeah, it's definitely up there. I can't think of a like the Fog remake. I don't give a shit how much you dislike the first, the original. Oh, the Fog remake awful. is like it's taking ten cc or a hundred cc's of CW and just injecting you like, oh god, this is just so bad. The, the oh god, it's painful. It's painful. Yeah, very bad. But this is uh, because it's it's so close to almost being good. Because again, you said you have a great cast. And I like the idea that it kind of, it tiptoes around two different things. Like one, maybe he was innocent. And I'm like, that's an interesting yeah, take. Yeah. And then the other one is, yeah, but maybe he was a pedophile. And I was like, oh, no. Maybe he's an innocent pedophile. Yeah. I'm like, that's a hard no. Yeah. Why would you, why would you even insinuate? Because that one, the, see what you will about the other ones. I'm like, they hint and I'm talking barely a whisper of a hint that he might have been a pedophile. Right. But they never explicitly say it. They always say child killer. Child killer, child murderer, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They never, like, you, you maybe infer that they insinuated that he diddled the children. But no, they don't even, like, there's a whisper. The, this one straight up is like, yeah, maybe, probably he was a pedophile. And you're like, well, thanks, movie. That's gross, and I don't like this movie anymore, even if I did like it. I don't want to fucking see Freddy Krueger. I don't want to think of this guy that I like, because you watch these movies for Freddy Krueger, diddling kids. Right. So no, thank you. Yeah. You slap your mouth. Right. Like, now, if no. you're creating a new character like this, and you want to make, and you not that I really want to see that, but if you have him do that, that's different. But you don't take somebody like this that you are going to see this movie for them you're not i mean we're going to see this for jason we're going to see this for michael myers you know leatherface this is why you go see these movies and then you make him an unlikable character in that way uh-uh no yeah because I, I don't care about seeing rooney mara be a good person you know what i mean like all that kind of stuff no just get out of here i don't think that's i don't think that can ever work no Making the monster a fucking pedophile? Not in this type of movie, no. In any movie, I'm going to say flat out, no movie works if the fucking, if the main villain that you want to make sequels to. No, yeah. Or even, no. If, you, or even if you just want to make the monster fun. Or even if you just want to make a horror movie. Pedophilia, that's that. That's a straight... The, the audience is immediately going to nope the fuck out of that movie. Let me tell nah, you. I mean, in a sense, yeah, but like Split worked. It didn't show much. You know what I mean? It wasn't the main character. But, you know, Split worked with that. You, you Automatically, I still hate that, that actor. I absolutely hate that actor because of that movie. <laughs> you know, Split. like I wouldn't want to be the actor that's doing that. Uh, but no, yeah, it's a very very i really don't remember any pedophilia in split remember okay if you haven't seen split skip ahead but where it shows the flashbacks of her uncle when they go hunting oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah, then yeah. her dad dies and he's she's got to go live with him yeah yeah because yeah. i was like james mcafoy is a pedophile? no like, no no, no. Yeah. it's the, um, like the big that. uncle yeah. no yeah now that you're saying it it's yeah like, no you know it's what i mean so, but it's, it's it's very hinted at it's like no we don't want to talk about it we don't want you know what i mean yeah i do yeah if you know if nobody the, ever talked about pedophilia in a movie ever again i would be happy with that yeah you know what i, I mean? mean but if it's the movies about that like kevin bacon plays in <laughs> 
I was almost yeah. about to say an amazing pedophile. And it's a really He's, that's a really good movie. I do I do one like of that his movie. best performances. Yes. Let me say The Woodsman. An, an Check that out pedophile. if you want. I mean, it's very it's very uncomfortable, but yes, it's it, it is you know. I really wish that was the pull quote though. Kevin Bacon, an amazing pedophile. An amazing one of the best <laughs> pedophiles out there. One of the you're talking about one of the best. <laughs> no, it because all right for an example that Gerald's game. There's yeah. a fucking flashback, and you're like no yeah Yeah, i mean i get it i get i get it like it explains her character but now that i'm seeing this i'm like i'm confronted with this reality that i didn't want to be confronted with and it's it's harsh like even if it's you know directors have to be very cautious with that shit and especially not freddy krueger when he's calling the fucking girl his little nancy and you're like i don't like this but no that's there's a certain type of uncomfortability in some movies that you can kind of get away with but in a movie like this which is a date night slasher movie no we don't want our we don't want pedophilia you know or rape like those are two things that in movies that if they were never in movies i would be fine with i would prefer rape than pedophilia oh i mean okay if we're gonna go I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I get I, what you're saying, but good. yes, I neither yeah. was good. Yeah, neither was good. But I mean, rape revenge movies can at least work because you're getting the catharsis of like the movie Revenge, or you know, mm-hmm. there's you can get that catharsis where you're like, yeah, now blast those motherfuckers. You can work around that. Once you crack that other worm, once you open up that wormhole, it's like you can't go back. But enough talking about pedophilia. (laughs) I feel like we spent way too much time on that. So what is your number four pick? We're already breaking the promises. One, that these episodes would be shorter and I wouldn't ramble so much. And two, that we won't fucking go back to movies because we should spent like 48 hours talking about pedophilia. So let's talk about another movie starring kids, but no pedophilia. So stop clicking off and stop subscribing to our podcast Woody Allen might I'm calling somebody out because one person specifically hyped me up for this movie because he saw it on a festival like two years before it came out because this thing sat on the shelf for a long time and he put it on his list number one on his list in like 2013 or whatever and it didn't come out the next year and he put it number one on that year and then when it finally did come out, it, it was like number two of the year that it, it finally came out. So this made three different top 10 lists for this specific person. And this person is Elric Kane, who hosts many horror podcasts. The one currently is All the Colors of the Dark. He also has another one called Pure Cinema. I'm a huge fan of this gentleman. But before he had the... Um, shockwaves podcast and he hyped this movie up to no end and i was like oh my god i cannot wait for the black coat's daughter when he originally saw it it was under the name february and i was like "Ooh, that's a that's a spooky kind of name black coat's daughter holy shit that's even better oh this is directed by the guy oz perkins anthony perkins son sign me the fuck up sign me the fuck up huh thank you i wish i could go back in time and just tell my younger self five years ago just calm down, lower your expectations because, and here's the thing, again, I'm fine with movies, I'm fine with slow burns, right? but there's gotta be a payoff. Audition is to me the best slow burn horror movie in history because so much doesn't happen in that movie that you can look at it and go, 
oh, whatever. Because there's a fine line between cultivating dread and then just not doing anything. And it takes a real master to walk that line. Yes. But in order to cultivate dread, you have to show me something to keep me invested. Before that final third act, that shoe drop, the, the thing that you remember about this fucking movie, there's a scene where she said, uh, there, she's talking on the phone with the guy, because it's, it's, I'm not going to get into the plot, because we're not talking about this movie. He's, it, a, it's a couple, and she says, I'll wait for your phone call. Hard cut to her literally just sitting by the phone, looking at it, waiting for it to call, and you're focused, because she's in the, she's in the center of the, the screen. Actually, she's a little bit more to the, the right like uh, for, uh closer to the camera and you're you're she's since she's the focal point you're looking at her but then behind her which you didn't really notice a fucking bag moves and it's a huge bag and you're like holy shit what the fuck is going on and then for the next 40 minutes nothing happens because nothing needs to happen because you're already on the fucking hook ty west has been trying to do this his entire career you need to properly hook the bait. You have to show me at least something. Now, Black Coat's daughter, yeah, there's there's a scene where there's like a weird devil-looking thing that looks kind of like a rabbit. There's there's a couple of things you're like, oh, that's kind of creepy. And it's the plot is disjointed in a way. You're like, oh, I, what the hell is going on? Like Emma Roberts is one storyline and then the other two. The, the movie's about two girls who were stuck in a boring school over winter break because they couldn't get their parents' signatures or some shit, so they have to stay in the school or whatever. They can't go, they can't leave the school. I, I don't know how certain schools work. I don't know how boarding schools work, but based on my Harry Potter knowledge, I, that seems to be the case. You can't leave the school without somebody's permission. Correct. So they're, they're <laughs> stuck at the school with no one there and weird shit is happening. I'm not going to get much more into it than that because a lot of people seem to really like this fucking movie. I'm not one of those because the answer to the weird shit that starts happening is nothing really happens. Nothing is investing. I'm not captivated in any way whatsoever. I don't like the characters. I'm, I don't care how these two stories are going to converge. And the answer is not in a, in a fucking significant way, really. Like, it's not like a... A holy shit moment when it happens there's a scene towards the end that i'll oh it's it's an image that'll always stick with me but because there's a, a lot of the plot involves a boiler room and there's some maybe satanic imagery involved in this movie so maybe one of these two girls is into satan i mean i'll leave it there but i wish you worship the devil a little bit harder because be better something. at worshiping the devil, please. Yeah, be, be better. Like, sacrifice a couple <laughs> more goats, because, man, the devil is a... He's shy, because I'm like, where's where are you at? Come on, baby. No. Show me them goods, devil. I'm right there with you on this movie. I was the same way. I'd heard so many good things about this movie, and just... I, I don't remember. It's one of those... I don't remember anything about it. I, I zoned out so quick and so hard that I cannot tell you any... I don't even remember anything that you just talked about. That's how bad this movie was to me. Mm. And I just... 
no, nothing, nothing to keep me interested whatsoever. I don't even have anything much else to say about it. that's how that's how bad when a movie you when you watch an entire movie and don't remember a thing about it, that's not a movie for you. <laughs> and this was and I'm not. struggling to remember the things I remember yeah. about it. Like I remember some of the cast, and I remember certain creepy things happen around the boiler room, and then there's like a creepy devil-looking shadowish monster for a, a second if that like because there's a scene it's kind of like innkeepers where it's the two girls and it's from one point of view of a character and she's looking at a friend and her friend is looking off into the corner and she's like holy shit what are you saying she's like uh and she's like kind of stunned and then like 15 minutes later you see from her vantage point what she actually was seeing and i'm like thank you movie you actually give me something unlike the innkeepers which is like nothing you actually showed me what she was saying and it's kind of creepy looking i guess so i mean points to that but yeah it's i know you don't listen I, or as far as i know you don't listen to critics and you don't really give yeah, a shit about no. him but i'm a huge fan of albert keynes i've been listening he's he, this is his third horror podcast now because the, he keeps i mean he had one um Oh shit! Uh, horror POV, I believe it was called. Um, then he, they got another co-host. It was three of them. And they got another co-host with Ryan Turek, who is the producer of Halloween 2018. Then they started Shockwaves. But then I don't want to get too much into it. But let's just say a scandal happened. One of the co-hosts had to leave, and then Ryan Turek went off to do his Halloween. He was busy, so him and the other co-host started. All the Colors of the Dark, which is newish. Like, I don't think they have many episodes. They have like 10. And his, um, the other one, Pure Cinema, Tarantino's been on that numerous times because um, it's produced or in collaboration with New Beverly Cinema. So he's been on there. Joe Dante's been on there. So, like, certain people have been on there. And I really like that podcast a lot. It's one of my favorites. So when he says, that a horror movie that I can't see because it was only released at that one specific fucking film festival was so goddamn good that it stuck with him for three years and it made the top fucking list. The, the number one, two years in a row and the number two, the year it was released, whatever beat it, like some big movie came out that year, like It Follows or something came out that year that dethroned it, maybe Get Out, I don't, I don't remember. But something finally came out. When it finally came out, dethroned it. So I was like, holy shit, this has to be something. And it's, man, Kane. Nothing. Because I, I mean, Elric Kane, not you, Kane. I, we, I usually, like, he's the one that really sold me on possession. Because I was kind of lukewarm on it the first time I saw it. Mm -hmm. And I saw it again. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, he's right. This is a, this is a masterpiece. This is really fucking good. So he's turned me on to a lot of movies. He's um recontextualized movies that you know so there's i i trust his opinion on things but this man yeah not a fan of this one so let's get on to your what is the so number, one number two oh number two yeah God, yeah so my number one but number two overall and uh this one man you want to talk about i didn't it wasn't hype from like i mean there was hype around this but the concept got me hyped if nobody ever said anything if i didn't see a trailer if all i read was the plot you know little summary 
on IMDb, I would be fine. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go see this movie open tonight. I'm fine, but I'm going to, it's almost, I'm a, I'm not going to cheat exactly, but I want to put almost a whole franchise on in this one because it started with this. The whole concept is amazing and they have absolutely bungled this entire amazing concept, which pisses me off. And that is 2013's The Purge. I wanted this movie to be so good, so bad. I cannot, I mean, I was like this the concept is in the future it has been made legal for one day a 12-hour period once a year where every crime is legal sold i don't even know who's in the movie yet i don't care who's directing the movie yet i'm sold on that alone that is an amazing amazing concept idea and all that oh by the way ethan hawk is in it lena Headey is in it great i am sold i just signed me up and it was such a letdown <laughs> i was so one the biggest letdown is that this you've got 12 hours of crime happening all over the place and we're going to be stuck in one household the entire yeah. time yeah. the entire time Okay, that'd have been fine if that was like a like it almost felt like it needed to be like a uh, anthology where like the household was the wraparound story, but we kept going to others. Part two, Anarchy, is the best one out of all of them. I enjoy that one enough. Is that the one with Frank Grillo? Yeah, yeah, that's the second one. Okay, because that okay. one actually it had multiple people. It showed it showed multiple crimes happening. I don't I don't really care for the whole political government side of it i get it i'm not gonna sit here and say that i don't see that happening i guess if that was gonna really happen there would be a political movement behind it that's the whole reason why this is happening blah 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 but i i'm fine with it being kind of uh hinted at as opposed to where part three it just was there directly like oh yeah it's the bad white people killing out all, killing all the poor um minorities yeah okay what i really wanted like if it would have started off with anarchy this series probably would have been better and then you probably could have focused in on a one house at a time type of thing like one story at a time well i think the one house would have been fine if that was half the story right yeah then the second half should have been a comedy because th th what these movies never show is what happens after the day. Yeah. You have to go to back to work with these motherfuckers. Yeah, you got to live next to these people the next day. Yeah, you have to go to like a workplace and we're like, what happened to Bob? Yeah. And like Gary's like, yeah, I killed him. Yeah. I want our, I want that's what I want like the TV show to be. I which I'm I'm done. I'm I haven't watched I didn't watch the first purge. I, after the third one I was done. I'm like I'm not watching anything else about this movie i've this seen franchise. one two and four i haven't seen the third one yeah there there was just nothing like nobody who dies who dies in this movie not not many people okay you have the purge and only a couple of people die give me a break it also should be instead of all crime which is why is the, just murdering the, too yeah it should be all destruction of property or murder or something yeah because I'm like, in order to break into somebody's house, they have to like destruction of property. So that and murder, yes. Because if all crime was legal, our economy would collapse immediately. Everyone is free to do insider trading and shit. Sure. And, you, and you don't focus on any other crimes. You don't see any bank heists. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, you don't. All you see is, you know, in the first, especially in this first one, it's basically just all all, all murder. 
Uh, in the second one, you get maybe like a guy wants to rape one of the girls and you get murder. And it's like, yeah, it's not just, oh, I want to go around and destroy this. I want to go around and steal a car and hot ride a Lamborghini around for the 12 hours and be fine, you know. And it's like, yeah, there are so many possibilities here. But no, we're just going to focus in on the murder part. And that's it. Um, and there's nothing there. None of the, none of the uh, villains in this are are memorable like the the main guy that the polite guy at first he's kind of weird looking you know he's just like your typical uh harvard frat guy who's going to go on and be you know he's going to be one of the insider trading guys type thing like he's like he's okay he's creepy but the masks are awful um in that one and it's just and it ruins you know ethan hawk and lena Headey. i mean they're good in it but it's like nothing you know the sun is so annoying the sun is stupid and stupid there's and really no reason to say i'm i i guess i'm showing my colors and being an asshole i'm not going to put a stranger's life in front of my family's there's absolutely no, no fucking reason no. why i would try to save this boy i'm sorry and i'm not even saying black guy i'm just mean any guy in my house right, and he, was just black, want to kill he was the black character but yeah because there's why i mean so already i hate the fucking kid who let him in because that's stupid right and i'm already like against the premise of this movie because i'm like just let him and he's like the head of security or some shit and i'm like this his house is like break into his house relatively easy well but that's part of it that, that's the whole reason like it's like he just sold that to make money and that's why the neighbors hated him so i kind of understood that he should have it should be impenetrable his house should be fucked. It, it is harder to break into Burt Gummer's house in Tremors. And he lives out in the middle of fucking Arizona. This motherfucker's job is to make houses to be purge proof. And they get into his house with very little effort. Right. That was the no point. effort at all. Yeah, that was the point. Is because it was, he, he made a lot of money and he sold cheap work, basically. That's why they hated him. You know, and oh, okay, if it's cheaper, right? Yeah, that was the hope. It was, yeah, it's like, oh, we're gonna sell all these iPods. You remember more of this movie than I I remember. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's why they wanted to kill him at the end because they were the the you know the the neighbors one hated him because they didn't think that he was that that family was on their level, and they made him look bad because all the money that they basically it's their money because he sold all this stuff to them, and then you find out that it was cheaply made (laughs) oh yeah okay well fair enough i didn't remember that part but if they knew the black guy beforehand that would have been it it's screenwriting 101 oh he's a friend from school it would have made more sense as opposed to this at least it'd be like okay he's trying to save someone he knows that's screenwriting one of one i'm invested now because it's a friend or if you would have set it up more of like the kid was so against like this movie or something like oh you know like planted the seeds of oh i'm gonna help somebody whether y'all like it or not or i'm gonna do this but it was just nothing and all of a sudden this stupid kid with his stupid long hair and just was like oh i'm gonna do this and put my entire family into jeopardy and it's not like he was like an eight-year-old that doesn't know better. And the, that's the problem with most of these movies is it's dependent on characters doing the right. dumbest thing possible. Yeah. And like the second one, if it was just Frank Grillo, that's Punisher during the purge, baby. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I want. But every character he's around that's walking around him is so stupid and fucking annoying that I'm instantly out of the movie. Like there's two people whose cars break down because they're going shopping and i'm like 
what are you, are you why would you fucking, even leave the house the day of it? no one would leave the house during purge night you yeah. were you were going to costco and you were bulking the fuck up a week before the purge you are not leaving the house right. just in case something happens like what are you what are you talking about like that's so ridiculous a premise yeah and the fourth one at least introduces because it's like the first purge right. so it's a prequel and introduces an interesting concept, which is they're not doing anything. Like everything is legal. Like it's the first test, and they're just having like fun, drunk orgies right, and shit. Yeah. And then they try to goose it up with, um, like actors like shooting people and shit. Like th- they introduce this element of murder to goose it up, and I'm like, all right. I mean, it's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but at least there's an idea there because there's nothing to these fucking movies the the marketing on the third one or the fourth one i think it was the third one was the red mega hat yeah i believe and i was like and that was all it was so i was like oh my god are you going to do are you actually going to put your balls on the table and do trump hunting black people that would be a balls no no it's not I mean, that would have been interesting. That would have been at least something, whether you like it or not. Or not, it would have been an interesting wrinkle to these fucking movies because it's the same goddamn movie we see over and over again. It's a movie made to sell costumes to douchebags. Right. That's the purge. Yeah. If you go to a Halloween co- a, a party and somebody is dressed like a character from the purge, walk around, uh, walk, turn around and walk out of that party. I'm not, I'm not even joking. Yeah. I don't even give a fuck if Becca's over there and she's looking real good. She's twerking her ass. You're like, I could probably get laid tonight. Turn around and walk out of that party. Yeah. This whole franchise, what? I just, I, it's so, and that's what makes it so frustrating. These other ones, okay, they were kind of one-offs or you're not expecting, I mean, like I was hyped for some of them, like I said, but this one to me, just automatically soured my entire uh, this was such a great concept for a franchise you could you could go 10 deep with this concept and never cross the same lines if you did it right you know what i mean and you could and it could have been and it could have been up there with like saul or whatever and as a money maker but they ruined it so bad and I, it's not like it's a, I mean, I know there's some fans of there out there, but this is one of those, it's not like a lot of people talk about this one, or if you're going to talk about franchise where it, it's ranked up there high as a whole, it just, oh, it's so bungled that I just, it, uh, it makes me mad about how bad that, how great this could have been and how bad they, they ruined it. Like, because you can focus on the victims of the purge, the people purging, because I don't think Again, I haven't seen the third one, so, so I, I don't, I can't really talk to that one. But are any of these movies actually from the point of view of the somebody purging? I mean, well, the second one, Frank Grillo. I mean, because that was his whole why he's no, because they're going after him. He's just trying to get from point A to point B. But he was going like to kill somebody. Okay, fair enough. Right, so, but right. I mean, if the that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no, but part three, no, because part three is the is whole is all about the senator or whoever who's trying to stop the purge. So they're after her. Okay, and he's I, and he's her secret service guy or whatever. I think I saw like a bit of yeah. that one because I know Frank Grillo's in that one. Right? Too. Yeah, he's like her bodyguard or protector or whatever. Okay. 
No, that I mean, because that could be, open up interesting avenues of somebody like through revenge or whatever, or somebody who's just fucking crazy. Now, imagine the Joker, like that type of movie, but set in the purge, like just an exactly. That's person. what I want. I mean, and that's the thing yeah. is you have them, you have the Frank. Say, let's just because Frank Grillo w- makes sense of okay because it, it flashes back to why he's going after the guy he's going after. But say you have something happen in one of these purges, and then the next one is a carry-on of this person now getting revenge or having to deal with the aftermath of the purge or whatever it is. Or you're like you said, we, we look like, okay, Frank Grillo's this um, just nice guy who's going to go out and you know, he's going to protect himself or whatever. He's protecting other people, but no, he's going out to actually murder people or murder specific. There's just so many things to do here that I just, I don't, I don't understand why they went the way they, they did. And um, just, you know, there's just not, there's not, there's, uh, it's so frustrating. I can't even talk about it anymore. Well, I'm glad my number one is the number one because it is. And I, I, we've never talked about it. I feel like you love this movie. (laughs) I, there's something I just feel we've never mentioned it ever, even off mic or I don't think this movie has ever come up. And I was really going to save this for another list because one of the lists that popped up, which is, I don't know how to phrase it correctly, but the, the greatest polar opposites, the movies where we argued the most against critics or vice versa, the movies we hate that critics love, or again, vice versa, like, cause this would be number one because Man, is this a critical darling. Everyone loved this fucking thing when it came out. And if you Google the best horror movies of the last 10 years, this is up towards the top. Everyone loves this goddamn thing. Because I see why they love it. Because half of it is amazing. The sci-fi concepts of this, because that's going to be your little hint, of this are amazing. It's the horror characters that are stuck in this movie that are absolutely fucking retarded that ruined this movie. And that is 2018's Annihilation. I love the premise. I love the setup. I love certain elements of this. The fucking bear that can talk? Get out of here with that. That is so fucking amazing. It's insane. The fucking weird alligator that's half shark that has like shark teeth or whatever. That's amazing. There's so many great... The fact that they're like time is distorted and shit. But the characters are probably as stupid as any character in a Friday the 13th. And these motherfuckers are supposed to be scientists. And they are probably rock, stone cold stupid. And it, yes, you can say, oh, because they're afraid. No. No, because they watch a tape of the, the previous expedition. And on that tape, like somebody lifts up a shirt and they see like worms and shit. And one of the characters literally says, it's a trick of the light. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck how afraid you are. Like to go back to From Dust Till Dawn, when George Clooney says to fucking Cheech, I don't give a fuck how crazy you are. Motherfuckers don't explode when sunlight hits them. Like, I don't give a fuck how afraid you are. There's worms in that motherfucker's stomach. Trick of the light. So it's already before like the crazy shit has actually happened that these motherfuckers are already shown to be stupid as a fucking rock. So already like the suspension of disbelief is gone because I don't like any of these characters because they're all fucking stupid. Then on top of that, you have this subplot of Natalie Portman cheating on her husband or some shit. And I'm like, 
why is this in this movie? And then all of these allegories to this movie being about cancer, because they keep talking about cancer all the time. And I'm like, how does that factor in? Like, I don't even give a shit about Jennifer and Jen, Jennifer Jason Lee, who I think is a very dependable actress. I think she's amazing. This is coming off of Eightful Eight, which she got an Oscar on for. She's doing this weird accent type inflection with her voice or something where I'm like, I don't even know what you're doing in this movie because you seem to be in a completely different movie. And she's talking about cancer though. Every time she opens her fucking mouth. Because she has so cancer. I don't care. <laughs> Who gives a shit? I don't do not care. Don't give a shit. Now, the soundtrack. Amazing. Amazing fucking soundtrack. Yes. The direction. I think Alex Garland is. I can't wait to I mean, he followed this up with a show that I it's apparently like 50-50 split. Uh, yeah, some I don't people, I don't like it, which is sad because yeah, I love almost everything he's done. And, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I probably won't watch that one. But I'm like, I loved Ex Machina. I loved Sunshine. I loved 28 Days Later. I do believe he did direct Dread because there's no way that motherfucker did that shit. So I'm interested to see whatever the fuck he does because it's not the direction. It's not the soundtrack. It's not the images. There's some weird, creepy shit towards the end with the the duplicates. The amazing cast. It's just the characters are so fucking stupid. And I'm like, there's no reason for them to be stupid. This movie would work if the characters in this weren't dumb. And I'm going back. I just mentioned it. Tremors. If you, the movie Tremors works. And I will always, I use that. And I have used it since 1990 as my benchmark for a movie that has a ridiculous premise. That's very hard to buy into, but it grounds it in the fact that all of the characters in that movie do the right thing. Nobody in that movie does the wrong thing. They come up with a plan and then the movie, because they, the movie is smarter than the plan that they come up with and the plan isn't bad. Oh, there's monsters underground. Get on top of the roof. But then the fucking monsters break the house. So then they have to get into it. You know, I've, I've mentioned this before and I will mention it many times because the characters in the movie don't do anything stupid. The movie is just smarter than them. This movie is... Oh, the plot can't happen because the characters are so fucking stupid. So the characters have to be stupid for the plot to fucking work. And I'm like, does it though? Does Do they have to be the stupid? Can't you just write a smarter movie? All right. I'm going to jump in and cut you off because I completely disagree with you on this. The I, I, I agree with you on the fact that if movies, if characters in movies are stupid and act good okay i have to get from point a to point b because this person's an idiot like we talked about with the purge i hate that as well but the difference is between this and tremors is once they enter into that blob force field thing they are disoriented it is making them dumb they're not dumb before they get in there they are dumb once they get in there and it starts messing with them so there is an excuse of why they are dumb and you can't dispute that. Well, I would argue that because the character who's the dumbest, who does the dumbest things, and who puts all of their lives in danger, the actress Gina Rodriguez, her character, they made her, they specifically changed their character in the books. Because in the books, she's a scientist slash doctor. In this, she's just a paramedic. So they're already saying, oh, but she's an inferior version of what she is in the books. 
So that's going to give you some leeway to buy into the fact that she's going to be dumb. So it's like they're already saying to you, we made this character dumber than she, because everyone else in the movie is a scientist. But she's so more of like why, a military background. But why would you get? Why would you change it from the book from a parent, a, a doctor slash scientist? Because you already have more doctors. You needed muscle. What? I don't need a paramedic. But she a was a military paramedic. It wasn't just a, a paramedic. I need a doctor. But they changed it. But you have other doctors. Like, That's the thing. So why not have somebody who knows what they're doing with a gun? But why would you make that change unless you're telling the audience, well, she's inexperienced. So she's, it's like if she's seen combat, then she's used to being afraid. She's used to being in situations that are high so if stress. So if, if she was a doctor and she did the same thing, you're still, it, oh, that changes it? No, I'm no. saying that the, the, they specifically made that change from doctor to paramedic to tell you that because paramedic in any capacity is inferior to an actual doctor. I mean, it takes more schooling to be a doctor than a paramedic. And I'm not saying either one of those is, I'm not saying a paramedic. There's some dumb doctors out there. I'm not saying there isn't, but you made that change for a reason. And that reason is to say she's different because of, she's not as good as because of, she's not a doctor. She's a paramedic. And they make a point to say that, like, why not just have her be a scientist? Because she's the one that ties them up to a chair. She's the one that you're you're nitpicking. I'm not nitpicking. You're nitpicking. Her, her character is literally the first one to go crazy, like immediately. And she even ties them to chairs. And she's the only character that they change from the books, from a doctor to a paramedic. Because they want you to buy into the fact that she's crazy. Well, but that's fine. I, okay. I, okay. Maybe because, quote unquote, she's not as smart as, well, okay, well, you're, you're saying she's not as smart. So, yes, it would affect her more first. That makes sense, though. That it would okay if you're the if you're the more feeble minded of a group in any situation where it's scary, who's going to freak out first? The more feeble minded person, the less person with the less street marks, whatever situation it is, right? So, yeah, it makes sense that she would be the first one. Why would you have a scientist in there who would probably last longer and then not have these things happen? So, no, everything you can say, I can sit here and contradict because. No, because the movie, The Thing doesn't say, oh, but this one, like the first one who like fucks up, they don't go out of the way to say, oh, but he failed high school. Like they don't go out of the way to say because all of the characters in The Thing do the right thing. The Thing is just smarter than them. That's the difference between the thing and annihilation. I'm not putting them on the same level. I mean, yeah, it's not on the thing's level. I'm not saying that it's you know a perfect masterpiece. I love this movie. Don't get me wrong, but I I think that you also don't have again. You don't go back into this field thing, this mysterious zone that is playing with your head that is going to make you do dumb things make you see things that you do, wouldn't normally see. If you take the the thing and put it in this mysterious zone, it would make sense if McGrady makes a stupid move. But you can work... See, the problem with it is is you can still have the feel fucking with them. The shimmer, the glimmer, the whatever the fuck it's called, the bubble. Yeah, I don't give a fuck what it's called. But like I said... 
because again the time works differently like they they're they have like their little tent they're in their scent mm -hmm. and then they realize like a week passed or exactly. something like they lost time and shit but i'm like wouldn't it wouldn't it have been more interesting if you have these characters these strong characters and they're making all the right decisions there's no situation where they're looking at a tape and she says that it's a trick of the light which is come on it's ridiculous it's stupid and so we already know from that scene forward that she's going to be the the one that's going to crack first we already know because right, she's already cracked. Seeds. so Good storytelling I be, no it's not because she's stupid so we we already know because she's stupid that she's going to be stupid and do stupid Are you, so you're saying she's stupid just because she's not a doctor I'm saying that they made that choice deliberately to tell you that she is going to, so to justify her stupidity. That's what I'm saying. Because there's, why else would you change the character from a doctor to a paramedic? Why? There's, it serves no purpose. It doesn't add to her character. It actually devalues her character. It is trying to tell you, oh, I can try to justify this in my mind that she would crack first because she's not a doctor, I guess. She's a paramedic. So she's, one of us, and I don't even think she's a military paramedic. I didn't do enough research to remember this because I only saw this shit once, and it's once was enough. I believe Wouldn't she had a been... she had definitely had a military background. The only one that I think didn't have any kind of military background was the Tessa Thompson character. I don't remember, but wouldn't it have been better that instead of showing her cracking, that all of a sudden she cracks in that time loop? Or in the time jump, rather, and these characters are fucking just tied to a chair, and you're like, "What the fuck happened?" Like she cracked in that time jump that we didn't see. That to me would have been far more effective. You're like, "Oh, what the fuck happened?" Like she's crazy now, and we don't know why, because we didn't see what the fuck happened. Like, but no, we have to see that she's immediately cracked to a, to such a degree that you cannot possibly defend. That her saying, that seeing worms in a guy's stomach, actual worms, tremors, you could say, little baby tremors crawling around his stomach is a fucking trick of the light. No, you can't buy that. But the movie wants you to buy it, to buy everything else. I just, and then I think when people are scared and they're disoriented, they will no. sit there and they will try to defend or, yeah. No, I think the witches lose their fucking mind and be like, I can't deal with this, so I'm not going to deal with it. But you're not going to justify it by saying it's a trick of the light. No one would say that. No one would look at that and go, it's a trick of the light. No. No, it's, it's, I think the characters are so fucking stupid, and I don't like any of them. And I think they all do the dumbest thing possible, except the one who can't do the dumbest thing possible because she has to be the winner. She has to be the one at the end. So she can't do anything stupid, but everyone else can do stupid shit. It's just, it infuriates but, yeah, me. Yeah, it's the thing. It, you're only, so who else did stupid shit? You're only saying the one person. Which is dumb enough. But the one person, like, they they fight with a character because they think she did something when she clearly didn't. And she, like, shooting at a monster. And they're, they're yelling at her because she did a thing when she clearly didn't. So they're turning on each other. And I'm like, this is an easily solvable fucking thing. Because I'm like, I just did, did. How did none of you see this? Not thing? when the zone is messing with you. That's what you keep thinking. No. Like if this was, if there was no zone, I would completely agree with you. If there was no. nothing there to mess with their mind, 
and disorient them. I would completely agree with you. But when you add in that one little nugget, stuff like that can be explained away. And when you can explain away things, it's not as dumb as if you, when you can't. I mean, you're just justifying the fact that they're dumb because the thing is making them dumb. Exactly. That's the whole point because it wants them to keep doing. You're literally proving the fact that they are dumb. So I'm like, they weren't dumb before they went into the thing. I mean, how would I? How would I know that? We've spent no time with him other than Natalie Portman. I don't know. Gina Rodriguez is dumb. I don't know. All I know is spent enough time with them to know they okay. These are people that are, uh, you know somewhat in the top of their field outside of the paramedic but most of them are in the top of their field and they're i mean because the movie tells me that they don't show me i don't see any of this and i don't because see any you, it can't be a five-hour movie the thing does this shit effectively and yes i'm going to compare this thing to the thing because if you're going to make a movie make a good movie it did make a the great thing movie. shows you no it's i says raspberries to you sir it's I think the score is amazing. I think it looks amazing. I think the ending is cool looking. Let us know in the comments. Tweet at us <laughs> or I'm Instagram us at Night of the List and let us know what your thoughts are on this because we are. If split you down can the defend middle. these characters to me, this is absolutely defendable. No, there's no trick of the light. No, get out of my Yeah, pocket. it's messing with it's messing with their brain. No, no, no. Yeah. Easily, no. You're just saying it's trick. It's messing with them because the characters. Are you're dumb. only saying this because they're women. <laughs> well, you yeah. misogynist. If they were, that's the only reason why this <laughs> the thing is better because it's all men. I'm asking and for this is all women. women. <laughs> I want stronger women. I think they're. And I think they're. I think the, you know, uh, Lena's a great character. I I literally had this is because I could have if I because I would have to rewatch this movie to fucking nitpick it to high hell. It's like they, this is the third time I think they've gone into the thing because they sent dogs in first and the dogs never came back. Then I think they do the men, which Oscar Isaac was a part of and he came back, I believe. Yeah. And then I think this is the third time. But I'm like, they just go in there and I feel like they didn't do any sort of precaution in order to get the fuck back. Like, I don't even think they bring a rope. Do they even bring a rope? Am I wrong? I like I, so. I can't remember. It's been a like, while since I've seen it, but just walk in there with guns, and I'm like, there's no way for you to backtrack. Like, there's certain things that, yeah, if you show me that the the thing, the, the glimmer is like fucking with them, but it's just the way that the film is showing me that the the glimmer is fucking with them. It's just the fact that they're dumb, and they're dumb. <laughs> I'm like they don't have like a robot that goes with them. There's not a fucking a, a, a not even a rope. I'm saying stake a rope into the ground, a long ass rope, and then you can follow the rope back. They don't even do that, so you can't tell me that okay, they do Okay, one thing. Oh wow, you got one thing. No, dude. Would wouldn't that be the first thing you would do? Is hey, in order to get the fuck out of here, we need a way back, and they don't even do that. But I they were never the, the plan was that's the thing is but Ventress the uh, the J, Jennifer Jason Lee she was never turning back. That that yeah, was the whole thing the is they were don't. their plan was never to turn back their whole plan was to go to the lighthouse and figure it out. There was never a plan to to turn back because they did not believe that that was a something they needed to do. 
I do not believe that they would sign up for a suicide mission. That was the whole point of why all of them were broken. That's the whole point of it. It showed. I thought you would. Every one of them was broken. I thought the whole thing was Oscar Isaac's group. What the fuck happened to his group? I thought that was the point of the movie or the plan, part of the uh, mission. Well, no, it was part of it, but it wasn't all of it because they got Oscar Isaac back. So they were like, what you know so we still got to figure out because this the mysterious zone is going to keep expanding and it's we're all going to be sucked into it eventually so we have to go in there and figure out what the hell's going on yeah but if they're not coming back what the fuck is the point of i i figured this out you either go into it or it's going to come over you it so they had to go into it no matter what it wasn't like they could just keep like outrun it i don't remember tessa thompson being broken at all she was she she was a cutter the, oh my god this movie See, so that's the thing is you don't even know the movie and you're sitting here complaining about it See, because i haven't you're, seen, out, I, you're you're if this was a debate you would be you're gone oh because i would have to re-watch this movie and i can give you a fucking journal's worth of fucking nitpicks i remember old cancer girl going in there to not come back but i don't remember anyone else being like this is a suicide trip i'm not coming back so it's like what the fuck is the point and the, why would gina rodriguez because i don't remember her being broken I just remember her being dumb. Yeah, because she wasn't smart enough to be a doctor. <laughs> no, but yeah, I think that's it's... why, because she, I don't, I don't remember anything with her exactly, but you know, the, um, I can't remember is I think Cass, the one that got killed by the, um, the monster, the, uh, the first one that basically dies, the female, she had lost her daughter. Yeah. She had lost her, she had lost her daughter and all that. And then Lena, she's broken because she's been cheating on her husband. And then you've got, yeah, they, they pick people who are, it's not that they don't want to come back out of the glimmer. It's they pick people who would sign up for shit like this. Yeah. So it's not that I'm not the only one that specifically says I'm not coming back is Jennifer Jason Lee from what I remember. And the thing is, this thing came out in 2018 and the fact that so much of it is gone out of my ma- mind and I can, I can go beat by beat from it, it follows. And that came out four years earlier. And I've only seen both of these movies once because annihilation, I was just nitpicking the entire thing. Cause it was, it's as much as a, a, a quiet place. I just nitpicked the fuck out of it and that could have made this list but it's like eh, i mean it does what it does good enough i guess it's I, just, didn't think, yeah, I didn't think that was really a letdown i mean it's it's I, it's just it's impossible for me not to nitpick that movie because it's like they keep doing the stupidest thing i was ready to nitpick that like almost like i i was like okay this is going to be an interesting ex- i was more like this is going to be an interesting movie experience and it was like i enjoyed how the quiet part of it. like I was really I've never been in a theater where it was that quiet and I I thought it was effective in the um, gimmick that it did it just I wasn't sitting here thinking like oh yeah this movie's going to be great in the uh, other aspect but okay we both disagree on this I think we've talked about it at length um, and neither one of us are changing either one's mind it's like a it it's like a political Twitter. debate on Twitter you're not changing anybody's mind so just stop it. Um, yeah, nobody cares about your opinions on Twitter. You're not changing anybody's mind. Shut up. Uh, that's my that's my social <laughs> unless commentary for the unless day. unless you agree with me, then I love you. Yeah, but if and I guarantee you, there's me, more people out there that agree with Okaney Boy. So just let us know. Go to Screen Age Wasteland and let us know in the comments there. Like I said, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Not a List. You can email us directly notalist.com at uh, Gmail dot com and just let us know how wrong sailor is because he (laughs) hates women
that's exactly why it's it's been proven it's been proven (laughs) that's not up for debate what is up for debate is are the hashtag are these characters stupid so just let us know yes or no this was our list of the top 10 um biggest letdowns for us number 10 uh the fog 1980 number nine tusk 2014 number eight halloween 2018 number seven cabin fever 2001 2002 sorry number six it follows 2014 number five it comes at night 2017 number four a nightmare on elm street 2010 number three the black coat's daughter 2015 number two the purge 2013 and number one with a bullet annihilation 2018 that is our list if you agree or disagree hit us up on screen age wasteland or hit us up on uh, the emails and the twitters at nightofthelist.com or if you're feeling generous you can always give us a couple schmeckles on patreon.com slash nltl that is our list that is our episode don't forget kitties all hail trash all hail trash